Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Zool 24 podcast. Uh, and as always, our podcast is sponsored by Antec Airsoft Studios. He's good with guns, bad with table saws. Whether you're trying to just make your gun look nice and pretty or make it shoot to the moon and back, head on over to Antec Airsoft Studios. If you want to reach out to him online, antecairsoftstudios.com. And also the Snack Bar. They serve hot food, cold food, red food, blue food, me food, and you food. And also Zulu Outdoor. It's an outdoor store, but it's indoors. So it's an indoor-outdoor store located right here on Zulu 24. If you want to reach out to them, you can give them a call at 845-684-3139. Whether you just need that last-minute item or you need to pick up an entire kit, they've got what you need. Head on over to ZuluOutdoor.com. And also Blue Mag Airsoft. You won't be blue when you shoot their BBs. They've got high-quality BBs, and they're trying to get them manufactured right here in the United States. Uh, for more information on that, head on over to BlueMagAirsoft.com. Also, don't forget, you can listen or watch this podcast on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify with video, and Google. Remember, always like and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Go ahead and push those videos out there. Give it to your grandmother for next birthday. I'm sure she'll love it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Zoo 24 Podcast. We still don't have a name for it, but we're just going with that. Uh, today, we have a special guest, uh, Ian Connolly from Grimnir. He's the other half of Grimnir. Ian, say hi. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for All right. Me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. But bef before we get into it, guys, we're going to be doing uh, uh, basically a Q&A for Benghazi. Uh, before we get into that, uh, a little bit of Zulu stuff. So, the tickets for Crossroads are on sale right now. Actually, Ian, you're one of the commanders. I am. Uh, you and Max from Grimnir are going to be commanders for that event. Um, a lot of cool stuff we're doing for, with that. We're doing drones. We're doing a blank fire mortar. The helicopter's coming. Um, and there's some cool, like, like gameplay elements uh, that we're incorporating in that. Only selling 200 tickets, uh, so get on that. Some people have already bought tickets. If you want to be a mortarman, you got to buy a separate ticket. Uh, you got to make sure you watch the safety video. We're going to ask questions about it and uh, make sure you don't blow your fingers and toes off because it's a cool ass mortar. All right. That about wraps it up for Crossroads. Ian Connolly, our special guest here from Grimnir Tactical. It's a sure. producer. I think uh, a couple podcasts ago, your brother was on, Max. Yep. Yep. Uh, along with Austin from Blue Mag. Uh, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. It was an early morning, a little bit of a longer drive than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you're, it's like two hours, right? Two and a half, yeah. Well, we appreciate you making the drive. It was nice to get out of the house. <laughs> been stuck in the house for quite some time. I'm so. telling you, dude, I got two kids and a girlfriend at home. Sometimes it's nice to get out of the house. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I'm super pumped to be here and, you know. There's a lot of stuff going around and a lot of stuff that's coming down the, the pipeline. So, yeah, we're all losing sleep over it. So, figured yeah. we'd share it with you. Um, cool, man. So, let's get into it. What, like, how did you get involved with Grimnir? So, I'm sure Max has told the story. Um, we went to a game and we saw that based off of what the people were asking for, I'm going to give the very, very short version of the story because we've told it about 50,000 yeah. times. Sure. Um, <clears throat> we went to a game 
and we saw that there was a need for a lot of differentiators to kind of hit the market of airsoft and it wasn't a money thing it's still not a money thing like we haven't seen a penny in five years four <laughs> years from this like we're we're strictly doing this because as players ourselves um we wanted to see someone make a difference and kind of give the players what they wanted um players were asking for things and producers were shaking their heads and saying yeah okay and then they were never doing it yeah. so um you know we tried to kind of elevate the game and push the envelope a little bit and bring new technology it's 2023 now um and we kind of just ran with it so it started at an msw game drove all the way to mississippi first game we've ever played so interestingly enough um and i think i've talked about this with max as well we were at the same game and we were in your platoon yeah and i have footage of yep. you were you do you have cat whiskers yep yeah okay of course we did. Yeah, Come on now. we all did. So yeah, I have footage of you shooting uh, an M60 out M60 the door. Out the door. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And you were like, "Get the fuck away from me!" And you just kept shooting through that window. Yeah. Are we allowed to curse on this? That's okay. You'll bleep it for like the first two minutes. Yeah. For the first two minutes. For that. After that, it's Wild game. West. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember because at that point you guys were like, "Let's push out of this door." I'm like, "The last dude that did that is dead outside the door. We're <laughs> yeah. not doing that." Yeah. No. It was. It was pretty. It was a pretty rough moment, if I remember. Yeah. Because there was only one door in and out of that building, the way we got it, <laughs> jumping out of the there's a cool, There's a cool part. Um, I want to say that the, the door that you were standing in, that external door that came in, it was kind of like a, like a thin like foyer yeah, that much. was there. And then yeah, right on yeah. the inside, there was the bigger room with a bar. Yeah. So there's a little kill hole in the side. And I'm sitting there, you can see on my camera, and you see like this little movement. I'm like, well, I know our guys are definitely not there because that's where you're shooting. Yeah. And this guy comes through and I shoot right through the hole and then a frag comes in. <laughs> Everybody, I'm on the right side of the room. My entire other group of guys are on the left side. They jump behind this bar because it's hardcover. Yep. <clears throat> and I run out the door and I'm not, I just anticipate someone to be, nobody was ever there. But I turn the corner, I'm just shooting out the door. I'm like, okay, nobody's there. Go back inside after it goes off. And then that's when we met up with you guys. And yeah. I was like, what is going on? Because I, I remember popping probably two or three tag grenades through that murder hole once we realized they were on the other side of that building. Oh, there was a lot of them. Yeah, there was a bunch. There was a lot. It's an infestation. It was good, though. Scum. Scum. Fun game. No, it, was, it was a great time. But yeah. it was kind of cool. That, that That's actually one of my one of my favorite, if not the favorite, Nelson West I've been to. The rest have been kind of meh, but... That one was there pretty good. So many memes that game. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> like we shipped all of our stuff down there, and almost everybody's gun got broken in shipping. Yeah, I had to use an MP7 with for that whole mags. game <laughs> with two mags, and one was like the bottom of the mag had broken, so the spring kept flying out. So I had to like tape it oh, into good. place. But it was like the most fun because you had to get up close, man. It was no, and we did a lot of shit at night. Yeah, like half the PTWs that got shipped down in that case got like chopped oh no ship. yeah it was bad oh, no. yeah like just yeah. receivers just cracked oh man they threw that well our our the box that we shipped everything down with it was, it was, it was a pelican case, pelican case. Yeah. they it was so fucking heavy because it had an m60 two ptws the mp7 somebody's normal m4 yeah that in a, one case because it was like a pelican crate not just like a normal yeah yeah it looked like which the box is heavy to empty yeah. yeah and then so they probably just threw it around like who the fuck Meanwhile, the fuck's in this I box? Think should, I think you should write Pelican on that. 
Uh, so in Pelican's defense, there was no like Pelican foam in it. Yeah. Like we had the layer on the bottom, but then we were warranty. basically playing Django with the guns in yeah, the it was, you know, and just like put a BDU shirt in there. So like yeah. rattle around, like it'll be fine. I mean, BDU is more protective than... We'll just put the center block in here. That'll look... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. the M60 was fine. No, it was a good event. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it was not good for us mm-hmm. for quite some time. Um. And I think it's pretty obvious and and this is no shot at them in any way, but like the more you go to these events, the less of a normie you become, the closer knit you get with the community that has been kind of earning that veteran status, which, which is fine. Like that's, that's cool. People do it at our games, but we still kind of, when we have people that have shown up to the third, fourth, fifth event in a row, we still kind of remember that moment at. Uh, Camp Shelby and we go, okay, like there's people here for the first time that need a cool experience too. Yeah. And I think that's a really kind of cool thing that we do and we hold ourselves. I don't want to say to that standard, but it's kind of like we hold ourselves to a specific standard of like, listen, like we were first timers as well. And we wanted to be the guys that were getting in that panel van and going and doing a, a night hit. Like yeah. We wanted to be those guys that were kind of just put in the shittiest spot in the event and said, hold security for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, is that my phone going off? I don't know. It sounds like a Discord. I'm gonna turn my phone off. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really where it started. Is we just kind of saw that. You're you're 100 right. Like, it it happened to us as well. Like the yeah. Balcar Ridge was like our first one, right? And we were the we were no one, and so we didn't do shit. Like we went out on like one patrol, didn't really do shit. But now. Uh, we're like pretty good friends with Anthony um, Periano. Periano. He was our first cadre. And, yeah, because uh, he was the he was with us, yeah. cadre for that uh, that game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And well, so, like, once once you demonstrate that you're not completely fucking stupid, yep. Um, they kind of leave you alone and let you kind of do your own thing. But uh, but you got to earn it. Yeah, you got to get there and earn it. So I can definitely see how in the beginning, like, because we felt kind of the same way. Like everybody else is going out and doing these things, and nobody's coming over and being like, "Hey, what's your squad doing right now?" Would you like to do something? It's like very much self-motivated. You have yeah, to be very yeah, much self-motivated. And we, we kind of figure that out is if you show the initiative at, yeah. at that specific producer, they're more likely going to be either like, all right, whatever, because yeah. they're not going to hold you back. Yeah. Um, or they they will, but it's like, we're not going out there to break the game. You know, our intention was we're here because we know that we're not like, we're good at what we do and we perform together as a group and we have the chemistry and we can go out there and do these things but nobody's going to give us a shot unless we speak up. So we kind of figured that out and we were like, we're going with this platoon because we've been on rest for 12 hours. Yeah. And yeah, it was, we were on guard from, I want to say like 2 AM till 6 AM. And then we pulled a double shift cause nobody relieved us. <laughs> and then we slept for like an hour and a half to be awoken by AK fire. Like not that close to us, but enough to wake us up and be like, right, everybody get your shit back on. Yeah. Like, here we go. <laughs> and then we sat on guard duty. All day. Hell yeah. All day. I was like, oh, this is eventful. Yeah, that sucks. So glad we drove from Pennsylvania to Mississippi. That sucks. Yeah, Yeah, that sucks. But um, I will say we went to Saratov. Uh, I don't know which one it was. It was the summer one. I think it was like May or June. Oh, the one where it was just hot. Yeah. Where it was 98 degrees. Yep. Yep, I was there. It was brutally hot um, at Panthera in West Virginia. And we had Mark Tormund, who was an ex-ranger. That was your cadre, right? He was our cadre. Yeah. Okay. 
And he very quickly looked at our group of four guys. It was Max, Logan, Scott, who's another Grimnir guy, um, and myself. And he looked at us and he was like, I think you guys can kind of hold your own. We're like, yeah, like just give us yeah. what to do, yeah. please. Just we were all nods capable. And he was just like, all right, go do this. You guys were on NATO for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, NATO was stacked that game. There was, because yep. you had Grom, us, BDG, GMR, and the Brits all on one team. NATO was stacked. Yeah, I mean, the for the first night, like, we we fought over the farmhouse, yep. and that was just, like, a massacre. We, we couldn't get, there was a guy with a PKM in a bush, we're like, what the fuck's going on? Um, <laughs> past two minutes, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> so that was brutal, and then on top of that, like, we went and sat near the crossroads portion mm-hmm. at the top of the hill at Panthera. We were up there, and we were just like, they were like, go sit on that hill and make sure nobody comes up that hill. Because we had taken the farmhouse at that point. So we literally just sat there. Yeah, because I remember like, for night one, we were just hitting the shoot house on the other side of the AO. And there was like a platoon plus across four in there. <laughs> but we had we kicked them out by like midnight. I just remember because that gave us enough ammo that we didn't need a resupply for the rest of the game. Because our platoon cumulatively had stolen like two full bottles of BBs from that. So for the rest of the game, we were like, nope, we're green on ammo. Let's go. And we just... <laughs> Like back to back hits. Yeah, we sat up there for a while, and and Mark, who was he was just awesome, such a cool guy, and he's he was not an air soccer. They literally handed him like an M4 iron sights, and they're like, "You're a cadre now." And he's like, "Okay, cool, cool." But he 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 gave us a chance to go yeah. do things, and then it got to the point where we did something, we did it quickly, we came back, we gave him a report, and we're like, "We're gonna go eat food and maybe take like thirty minute nap." And he's like, "Okay, cool," and then it got to the point where he was coming to us yeah. and saying. I was asked to do this for our NATO. Can you go do this? And we're like, Fuck yeah, like absolutely. So it did get substantially better um, as we continued to go to the events. And we've been to, I've been to three Saratovs. I was at the really hot one, the really cold one. Yeah, the yeah. really cold one. And then I was. The insurgency game. I was at the insurgency yeah. where it was pretty much police versus everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was not there for that, but I did read about it. There's a lot of fuckery that game. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't go to that. I don't know if we should talk about <laughs> that. I actually, yeah. I, I actually left early because I got hurt. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it destroyed my knee. There's like a chain link fence, that, or a chain link, not even a fence, just like draped chains that go all the way around oh, the, okay. the, yeah. the tarmac area. Mm-hmm. And I was sprinting at night oh. and just literally closed on me and my knees. Oh. And I was just like, guys, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't move. Yeah, you're so we had to get a truck to come pick me up. <laughs> you were that guy. So cool. So cool, man. So uh, so I assume you guys went to the first event, and then that got you guys all brainstorming together and came up with a group, and Grimnir was born. Yeah. Yeah. We bought the we bought the name GrimnirTactical.com on the way home from Mississippi. Yeah. And, I mean, that was maybe two hours into the drive. We're like, all right, we're going to just keep this safe because somebody was going to buy Grimnir Tactical that day apparently so we bought it and then we kind of just kept rolling around ideas and we we're like okay let's do this and like what doesn't you know what what doesn't the airsoft community have you know can we implement technology because we all we're all big gamers we're yeah. all complete game nerds and it was just a matter of how can we do something different how can we create those differentiators and then we started implementing all those things and we had our first event radio silence at skirmish and we had like 110 people maybe and it was like so focused on the story that we elicited responses we didn't think we were going to get yeah and we literally by the first morning that went around because it was a 40 hour event 
by the first morning at like 9 a.m., the people on the IGC literally despise the CFI and vice versa. Nice. So, I mean, it's kind of good. Like, it's, it's good for storytelling. Could possibly not be good for airsoft. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when the hatred becomes real, you're like, ah, relax, guys. We're all just costume party. Yeah. But it's amazing that you guys could write, you guys could write and plan out a story in an event that makes people feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to become invested emotionally or physically into their their faction and and despise the other other faction is a testament, in my opinion, is a testament to your storytelling and the game itself, right? I mean, I do Crossroads and Blood Diamond every year, and I I don't have people walking around like the Church of Gonk or what. You know, I don't have any. I don't have anybody that's like, uh, you know, like freedom fighters for life. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's amazing, dude. You guys created a product where people are getting invested into yeah. it. And that's, that's awesome. It's, it's cool to see like these little subcultures kind of be created from yeah. the players. You know, like we kind of made a really broad outline of, hey, this is going to be happening. And this is the storyline. What happens in between and what really kind of creates the substance that like beefs up the story is all based off the player interaction. Yeah. So, I mean, who would think a public execution would make people so <laughs> pinned against one another? Like, we literally had Logan sat there and we had a a tag in chassis, which just makes a loud bang if it's empty, and put one of the IGC soldiers who was a staff member. It was it was a staged moment, but like yeah. we were hoping that this would elicit a response. We had just taken the two press guys that drove out. It was Task Force podcast. They drove all the way out from wherever they're from, Indiana or whatever. And we shot Scott in the back of the head <laughs> and he fell off his little berm and rolled down. We're like, shoo. So he disappeared. So there was no body because they went to recover. There was no body. He changed into like a lab coat. He was a scientist lost in the woods eventually that people found in the game. And uh, yeah, people hated us. <laughs> they hated the CFI. It was so cool. We were like, oh my gosh. And there was a couple moments where people would be saying, I'm like, hey, time out. This, I'm a character right now. Like people actually hated me. Yeah. <laughs> And Logan and people hated Doc and Wes and Jack. It was so cool. It was so cool. But yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to do that. And like Max wrote the whole story. They were supposed to be books originally. Yeah. And then we were like, let's let people live this. It's kind of cool. Nobody likes to read. So we allowed. I think you should come out with the books, man. Audiobooks. Well, audiobooks later. They can make their money on the books and then audiobooks later. We'll do something. Yeah. It's we have some stuff in the works, actually. I'm not going to talk about that, but we do have some stuff in the works in regards to, uh, just kind of the soul war story because I think it is a good story and I, I don't think people give it enough of a chance. People instantly look at soul wars and they're like star Wars. They, they go too far with the they technology. Go way too far. Yeah. I've, I've tried to tell people like, look, it, it's, it's modern warfare fought just like modern warfare is fought. They happen to have found some alien technology that they can't really figure out, but they know it's valuable. So we're still fighting with, with MP fives and AKs yeah. and shit like that. Like yeah. nothing, there's nothing too crazy. Yep. I mean, nothing's really changed in the grand scheme of things. Like we just kind of opened it up so that you're not just fighting in different countries. Yeah. You're fighting on different planetary systems. Like that's it. That's it. That's it. Instead of fighting in what's not controversial. Nothing. Spain. There's nothing. You, Is that? Uh, I'd go with Portugal. Portugal. Instead of fighting in Portugal, you're <laughs> no, fighting. Nobody hates settled, yeah. yeah. Nobody hates Portugal. I mean, or like green, really actually Iceland, Iceland, Iceland. Yeah, instead of fighting over Antarctica. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which has never happened before. Well, technically, there's a treaty with the Antarctica. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where like we kind of gave ourselves 
space to have creative liberties to be like, okay, well, this place is hot as shit because we just you know booked an AO in Texas, which we haven't done yet, but it's one thing we would like to do. Oh man, that'd be cool. I know, but it's a very desert area. Yeah, we're on Mars. Dope. Why not? Why not? You're still shooting five, five, six, two, two, three, whatever you want to call seven, yeah. six, two. It doesn't matter. You're still shooting that stuff. There's no lightsabers, no plasma cannons. There's a very mysterious ancient technology. That's the backbone of the your story. direction, your direction, your story. That's it, man. There's no lightsabers. Yeah. Nobody's using the force on you. <laughs> like people need to sit down and like it, it does flow into all of our backgrounds, like the creative side, as well as the way that we try to portray it. I just don't think it's been digested the way we want people to digest it. But I think there's a lot of reasons for that. We can dive into those, but I think there's a lot of reasons. I'm all ears, man. I mean, my background is in sales and advertising and marketing. And I call it window shopping. So I sell business technology in yeah. my, my day to day. And people window shop. They look at it. What can I see in the first 10 seconds? And they made their decision. Yeah. Just like if you look at somebody, you in the first, what is it? A tenth of a second, you know if they're attractive to you or not. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes down to a product. And people window shop and they look at us and they go, Star Wars. Yep. You're wrong. It's not. Ask anybody that's come to our event. Did you ever see a lightsaber? Well, there was this one time. No, never saw a lightsaber. Because Actually, we, I had a great time. Because we banned them, by the way. Oh, like straight up? They were, there were some in the parking lot at like at number two, but... <laughs> we were like that stays in your car yeah <laughs> yeah we have some kids bring them to the field all the time like no yeah no not yeah happening. because the safety brief says rubber or foam training knives and then they show up with a cold steel katana and i'm like just so everyone's clear knife not a sword. yeah it has to be a knife oh, that's cool. just what i need is kids running around with an axe yeah and then like but this one guy on airsoft gi used to run around with a hammer axe yeah that's cool but no yeah that's what happens when fields don't actually think about the rule set that's uh, a problem it is no, man. I mean, uh, I've been to, well, like one official at Galahad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was around for Anthropos and all this stuff. I've, I've had a great time every time, man. It's, uh, it's a good gameplay loop. And then you guys incorporating the respawn, like your respawn boxes with the lights and all that stuff is fucking great. I, I enjoy it. Thank you. And uh, I think I, I told this to Max as well. You guys were, for a long time, producers, including myself, uh, we've been locked into this, like, this bubble of like, this is what an airsoft op is green versus tan. And there's capture points and fragos like that's, that has been the norm for so long. And uh, it wasn't until you guys did, it wasn't Anthropos. It was the, the private game at the field. Yeah. 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 Uh, the bounty hunters, the bounty hunters. Right. And I saw what you guys were doing with like the cards and the, uh, the currency system and and all that stuff and I was like these guys are freaking innovating they're gonna put me out of business by because what they're doing is that you guys are rocking the boat and then when you incorporated that into like the, your larger events um, I was like I gotta make a change I have to change and, and actually I actually didn't do blood diamond last year because I was like blood diamonds the same it's green versus tan with capture points yeah I was like it sucks so so we actually didn't do it. Because of you guys, actually, because of you guys and because of my self-reflection, because I was like, I'm not innovating enough. I mean, nobody is, you know, that's why I'm always happy to have you guys run games so I can steal from you. That's fine. That's not stealing if you ask. You know, you know who else was good uh, was Gun Gamers. Oh, that game went well. Their game. Yeah. yeah. I, I have never. 
with it with few exception um i've never had players coming off like staff and like close friends of staff come off and be like that was the best game we've played here and like what you guys are usually cynical as shit man. yeah you guys usually nitpick everything like no that was the fucking best yeah, usually the boys walking off the field will have at least something to say about a game something they, right yeah they came off the field for gun gamers and were like that was the best op we've had here yeah and i was like why tell me tell yeah. me why tell, tell me and i talked to the gun gamers guys it's like i'm gonna steal some of your shit because Obviously, you're doing something right now. Could have been because of the low numbers. I think they only had 100 players. There. Yeah, but also keep in mind, all of the boys said it was amazing, and it was zero degrees out. Sure, but I, again, that's why I'm keeping numbers low for yeah. Crossroads is because um, I think that there's there's a correlation there. There's a correlation between... Well, I've said it time players. and time again. Once you go over that 200-player count at the field, I know it's really cool, and everybody likes to play with 400 people, but once you get past yeah. 200, there's like no avenue of movement at the field. At not, least in its current state. Not only that, but there's like, I feel like all the shitheads register after 200 players have registered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. like the first 200 are usually pretty decent uh, human beings. Uh, but then after that. Those are your real supporters. The people that are like, tickets are on sale. I'm getting it before it's yeah. gone. And then you have yeah. people that are like, oh, I'm free this weekend. Might as well just go play airsoft. Yeah. It's a different kind of person. Different sure. kind of player. But uh, I mean, same thing with, with open play. You know, once we get above. 200 and it has happened in the past not re well i guess it yeah, does the like in the summertime yeah it happens where player numbers get above 200 in yeah. one day and it's nice like everybody loves playing with a big crowd and that's really cool and you get to do your you know big charge and you have 50 people run out at one time that's cool but if you're interested in like doing tactical movements around the field and like playing as a team and doing objective-based stuff at least in the current layout of the field at this moment yeah. when you get above that 200 player count you basically can't go anywhere on the field without getting into a gunfight with a group of 20 or more dudes. Yeah, so you got to roll pretty deep. You have to yeah. roll. Yeah, like there's no moving in a group of four. No. Because you're going to you're gonna try and hit the back trail and go around the mosque, and there's going to be 30 dudes in the woods. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's try and go around the lake by Newtown. Cool, there's 30 dudes over here too. Like, where do I go? You can't. You need to allow people, I mean, the time and space is the most basic function yeah. of it, of, yeah. of having the ability to maybe not completely do something, but at least have the chance to do it. Yeah. So... I always say you got to give them enough time to have their Navy SEAL moment, right? Like if you don't have the space to do that, you don't have the time, you don't give them enough time. And it's relative, right? Like you got, it depends on the AO, yeah. you know, yeah. Camp Shelby versus Zulu is a very oh, different thing. Yeah, 400 yeah. people at that place is like having six here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's no, very right. different. Yeah. Cause especially like if you're using Camp Shelby to the size that Milson West does where they use the Northern towns as well. You can have 500 people at AO and not see someone for an hour. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it's really hard to land AOs like Camp Shelby. It's actually impossible to land Camp, Camp Shelby right now. So yeah, they had a change in management yeah. at the base. So when you look at stuff like that we're producing, whether it be at Zulu, which is a smaller field. Yeah, for sure. Um, or Skirmish, which, which is, I mean, it's pretty big. Skirmish, Skirmish is big. huge. Yeah we're obviously restricted to half the field. And then at nighttime, we're able to venture into the other parts that are close to the you know public at night. But yeah. um, even when you look at a place like that, when it comes down to ticket sales, right? Once again, it's not about the money because we, we all unanimously agree that we'd rather have 160 players, 80 on 80, that want to work with a chain of command that are not going to quit and go to their cars, yeah. that are going to put it out, that are going to move tactically. Like it's a quality over quantity thing. Yep. 
because at the end of the day, we want people to have an awesome experience. Yeah. We want people to have their Navy SEAL moments because we want everybody to have that time where if you, it's like, it's like playing golf. You play 18 holes and you suck on every single thing. And your last shot of the day, you land something three feet from the cup. Yeah. And you're like, this is why I keep coming back. It's the same thing on the air side. Yeah, it's chasing the dragon. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100% chasing the dragon. Well, that kind of follows the rules. <laughs> like our, our group rule, like we always say, we're like, we never play last game of the day because you always end on a high note. But at the same time, if you're having a really shitty day, like first 17 keep holes playing. suck, play the last one. It's going to be the best one of the day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's not really how you should live life for everything. Yeah. No, but like for gambling airsoft, works. You shouldn't do it. No, no, no you just no. keep going. No, yeah, hundred percent. No, but, but for airsoft, it's a good rule of thumb. It is. It is. And you know, we it's very much a quality over quantity thing for us. And like, you got seventy dedicated people on each faction. Yeah. That really give a shit about the storyline, care about supporting the producer in regards to being able to do these things. That's a trade off, right? So it's tough. So but, you look at ticket prices. And when you pay that ticket price, what you're doing is you're paying for all the time, money, and effort that you guys are putting into putting this, organizing this thing and putting it together to include the AO, any props, uh, distribution, all that stuff. So uh, everybody out there listening, support your local uh, <laughs> producer, specifically Grim producer. Support single mom. Don't support that. No. It's, so, yeah, man. It's I mean, you guys have an, uh, a really good product, and uh, and I think it shows. I mean... You, your player numbers will grow. Um, I mean, you guys got this Discord with like 600 people in it. I'm staring at it over here. Uh, eventually, you'll get them all out to an event, and uh, and then you'll be losing your mind because you'll be like 300 on 300. Yeah, and it's it's not. It's like one of those things where if you said, hey, you know, you're gonna land at Guardian Centers, and you're gonna get 800 people to your game. There's a really I know for a fact all of us will sit there and be like, we're capping this at five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because we know the quality is going to be there when you have a functioning chain of command and things like that. Like, I've I've said this before. I've said this before specifically about Guardian, right? Guardian's an amazing AO. Oh, yeah. It's not as big as everybody thinks it is. And the the last event I went there, they sold 850 tickets, and it sucked. Like it was such a waste of that AO. We didn't even make it out of the the subway system. The subway system. Yeah. So the big thing, it kind of falls in what I was saying with Zulu. For the size of Guardian Center, when you have eight hundred people there, you're never getting into an engagement that's squad size. You're getting into an engagement that's one to two platoons at a time. Oh yeah. And that's cool, but Easily. also for the environment of Guardian Center where most of the windows it's mount. Are covered, it's mount. It sucks. You're not hitting a building when there's an entire platoon plus no. in there. And most of the windows at Guardian now have these nets over them. So oh, you can't shoot a tag. So annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's 800 people is too much. I have played a Milson West game, the very first one they did at Guardian Center, like 2016. It was 400 players. It's 200 on 200. It was fucking dope. Yeah. Best game ever. Okay, n- relatively. But it, it was so much fun. That is the perfect number. I, I would Guardian pay. Center, best number. I would pay double the ticket price. $400 per person. I would do it. Players. I would do just it. Just to cap the, because. The funny thing is I every was time so, we bring this up, people look at us like we're insane. I know. But I was so mad. Like I was, at the end of that event, I truly felt like I wasted my money, my time, and my effort. Like I was so pissed off. Like everybody wanted to do a picture or some shit. And I just walked away. I was like, I don't even, I don't even fucking care, dude. Like this game sucked. With this, with this, 
Super Bowl of an AO. It could have been done so much better. And I feel like they tried their best, but they just sold too many tickets. And maybe it's to cover the cost, and that's fine. But like I said, I, I would pay double the ticket price to keep the player numbers low yeah. so that the game can actually be worth it. I mean, we yeah. fucking drove all the way. That's, that's in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Drove all the way down to Georgia. hours for yeah. us. We went too. I mean, we you're, you're we were there about, last year. You're yeah. talking about hotels and yeah. gas. Airbnbs. And food. The, the price of the ticket. Like, Oh, it's easily easily 800 bucks a person to go out there that was like we looked at it after the game we paid like 1200 dollars a person yeah yeah it's it's wild between pyro and everything you needed it was oh yeah to 15 person yeah and then and then at the end of it i was like that fucking sucked we had one cool thing we did we like cleared out the the subway system yeah and that was friday night (laughs) that's where we lived I was and gonna say that was your dead end, dude. You you open up the door and you're like, that building has seventy people in it. That building has seventy people in it. That building has a hundred people in it. Hey guys, how many guys do we have? Twelve. How's that gonna work out? Yeah, won't well, lock down the doors. Well, we did because like the joke of the weekend was they kept attacking the subway while we were all in there. We had kept count; it was like twenty eight times. Yeah, it was a bunch. We call it, it the subway series. Yeah, that's like zombies, man. It was fun in that con like in that reality like it was kind of fun to defend the subway but like the only time we ventured out of that we either got entirely schwacked or it was two o'clock in the morning and raining so no one wanted to come out of yeah. the buildings yeah and that was the only time and we took a squad and were able to move through yeah. all the buildings and that was cool but it, that was it yeah. hey if you're brave to move in the rain you're always gonna have more fun than everybody else yep. yeah i didn't move in the we're rain. like oh inclement weather let's go i had a full set <laughs> yeah. of pcu in my bag and i was like i didn't bring this to not wear it so i put it on and ventured out in the rain with a small group of dudes you got to make your own fun sometimes oh yeah and i'm a huge proponent of making your own fun but always respectively like within the confines of the game yeah, yeah like you know. don't break the game and check with staff because 90 percent of the time staff's gonna be like go ahead oh yeah we like, asked Mariano if we could do that and he's like if you want to go out in the rain go out in the rain and it was dope because the buildings that we ended up hitting all had sleeping rust for in there because they didn't want to go out in the rain. So we're shooting dudes in sleeping bags going, this is fucking dope. Ooh, bag kills. Anthony gave us an hour and a half. All right, it's been an hour. Let's start heading back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all, I think there's a lot of things that go into it and it's, a, you could do 50 podcasts on just Airsoft and its community and culture in general, but like, well, this is episode five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a hundred people with the right mentality. I would rather have that every single event yeah then 400 people yeah. just looking to shoot people yeah i mean it, it's and there's an outlet for that right airsoft can be anything to anyone right yeah. so there's already outlets for that but there's i feel like the more pricey we'll call it mill sim style of airsoft kind of needs to start diverting and putting a little bit more work into the mill sim side of it and and again like appropriately establishing forces you know per the area Per the AO, you know. Uh, but I think you guys are going to do great. Um, I think you're already doing great. It's just that the word hasn't really gotten out. Um, we could always do better. Plus, plus you're Star Wars, so. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's going to hold. It's going to hold. I really don't want Spielberg in my back pocket. That's going to. Snapping his fingers out. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to hold you back. But yeah. that's not the only business you have. No, no. I uh, I started a new business recently called um, Red King Blades. Red King Blades. Go to redkingblades.com for 20% off your order. Put in uh, coupon code Jordan Esposito. I'll run that. That's I'll fake. Run that deal. That's fake. It's fake, but it's fake, dude. <laughs> follow on Instagram, Red King Blades USA, yeah. and maybe I'll run Jordan Esposito. 
for 2020. <laughs> um, is that actually the website? Redkingblades.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Instagram's RedKingBladesUSA. Because I'm gonna put it on screen. How long? Uh, how long have you been making knives, man? So, <laughs> I've been in the mentality of making knives, which is, I think is a very important thing to discuss for the last seven years. So I I played college across. I, that was my life. Like that's all I did. It's all I cared about. Yeah. Um, and, and the education part of it too, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated from, from college and I went and Max and his wife, Kim, who I think you met the last time mm-hmm. was kind enough to be like, Hey, don't have a job yet. You just graduated. They had just bought a house in Pennsylvania and they were like, we have an extra room. You can just stay here. You don't have to pay us anything. Nice. I bought my own food, took care of it, looked for a job for like two months. And during that time I was like, I don't play lacrosse anymore. All my friends are either in other states or still at school. Yeah. And I have nothing going on for me. I was like, so YouTube it is. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what can I what can I learn to do that interests me? And I fell into this rabbit hole of knife making. I was like, this shit's really cool. Yeah. And this was before, like I was telling Jordan, like, this was before, you know, half face blades blew up. This yeah. is before Instagram really took over like tour knives and all these yeah. like, Montana knife company. Like that was not a thing. Yeah. I found some guy in Serbia that was on YouTube, just no directions on how to do anything, just making knives hmm. and they were sick. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I got a grizzly two by 72 belt sander and some vices. My grandfather was a carpenter retired and I was like, I'm going to borrow all this shit and never yeah. give it back. So I took all that stuff to the Max's Max's garage. And for like six months, I was out there every single night making awful, terrible. Yeah. Knives. I mean, you got to start from somewhere. Right? Yeah. They were awful. I would yeah. never, do, uh, there's like 50 of them sitting in a box somewhere <laughs> and they're just like, there's not even an edge on them. Yeah. Um, they, most of them never made it to heat treat. So nice. I was like, this sucks. And then I ended up moving in with Logan, yeah. who's another owner of Grimnir, into a house that he had bought in Allentown. And I was like, hmm, I can't make knives here. I can't do anything. Yeah. So here I am with nothing to do again. So I spent a lot of time just, I literally for four years just learned well, yeah. the metallurgy, all the science behind it, blade geometry. I spent so much time and effort just learning. You watched a bunch of Forge and Fire? No, dude, I love Fortune no, Fire. I didn't. I just I threw that on the other day for the first time in like years. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I love that show. <laughs> so I I kind of started with that, and then um, my fiance and I bought a house last February. I'm in the garage one day, and I was like, I got the space. It is. I can do this. So did what anybody responsible with finances does, and spent a shit ton of money on supplies and tools. Makes and, sense. Yeah. Yep. Bought a whole bunch of steel, like 60 feet of steel on my first order. And I was like, I can make this work. <laughs> and I just started sitting there and like taking all my designs over the last four or five years. And I was like, all right, like this is what I've wanted to make forever. And I watched so many videos on how to do this. Yeah. So for the last year I've been in the garage, just hounding a sander and a grinder and a heat tree oven. So you have knives for sale now? Yeah. Yep. So I just did a drop. Um, I have two, um, I do both steel blades and G10 tools. I don't know what that means. G10 tools. So, um, it is a non-metallic material, typically what the knife handles are made out of. Okay. They don't hold an edge. They are point driven and they are not legal in the state of New York. I was about to ask, cause I'm on your website looking at it and it says it will not. Ship did you get the pop-up? Yeah, it says it won't ship to New York, Delaware, or California. Yep. So those have federal or so, sorry, statewide bans on. Is it so we can't have sharp sticks in New York? Is that what you're saying now? Nope. Damn it. 
they look really interesting. Yeah, so they're they're not magnetic. Yeah. As, you know, oh, I see. Yep. So they're oh, God. But I make those because there is a market for them, right? Like I work in sales. People have sure. asked for them. I'm just well, I'm just thinking about New York State and their psychotic mental process. Of like, oh, well, you could hide this and go through a metal detector. Ooh, Which we absolutely do not condone, ass. obviously. You can do that with a pencil. You know, yeah. that's sharp. Fucking. Let's pad the whole world. Pad the whole world and nobody will get hurt. No, sorry. Well, yeah. sorry. The design my, of it does look really tangent. cool. Thank you. So, yeah, I have the Banshee, which is a G10 tool. Everything comes with a Kydex sheath. And, um, you know, everything's handmade 100%. I'll have to go in there and look. I've been looking for, like, a, I don't know what the right term is. Like an everyday fixed blade, not Rambo knife, like usable yeah. blade. Yeah. I keep most of my stuff eight inches or less. Yeah, like I'm in the same boat. Congratulations. Like I looked at the uh, the Haley Strategic uh, Darter for a while. Looks like a cool knife. It the style of it is what I like. I just don't want to spend four hundred dollars on a knife that apparently doesn't hold an edge very well. I mean. It's what, what do, what do you expect? And I'm not saying this in a negative way, but like when you're mass producing things yeah. and you're pushing stuff out at that, that quantity, like it's a quality control thing, right? Yeah. Like I have my hands personally on every single one of these things and I do not put it in a box ready to be sold unless I'm going through all of my tests. I'm like, and like you, you can do the paper test. Sure. That shows sharpness a little bit. Yeah. But like I go into the kitchen, I take the knife I just made that I'm trying to put on my website or it was a custom order. I did a bunch of custom orders, all Cerakoted and bolt-on handles, line. They're, they're awesome. They look so good. Um, just start cutting fruit and vegetables. Literally, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to make a sandwich, tomato, boop. Oh, wow, it cut really well. That's a good one. Like from a person that likes to cook a lot, if the knife is very sharp and it can actually go through the tomato to where you can have a nice sliver, that's yeah. a good knife. Yeah. I mean, it's like obviously not the thickness or the dimensions I would ever do for like a chef's knife. Yeah. No, no, but it's ever. a good thing to test it with. But I'm like, oh, can, could I cut this apple that I took with me camping? Yeah. And I use it and I was like, oh, it worked. Look at that. It's sharp. Or I'll split some small kindling just to see if it holds the edge or, yeah. you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but it's the fact that I have my hands on all these things and it's small, limited batches and my prices are under what a lot of custom knife makers are doing. Like I think mine, yeah, mine that are up right Warlock. now are 250. Yeah, the Warlock's 250. That would sell yourself short though. I mean, I, I imagine it's a lot of man hours. It is, it is. But you know, the, my mission for Red King Blades and it's kind of cool is um, there's something called the Red Queen Theory, which is essentially um, species will evolve to kill each other off and will evolve on their own. And the Red King Theory opposes that and saying, species will work together to survive so that's where the red king blades thing kind of started yeah and my whole mission was like i want people to have this stuff like i don't want to put something out here that's a 400 dollars glorified buoy knife and it's so expensive it's, that it's almost 400 dollars, and someone's like yeah. i like it but i can't justify this yeah. so it's like hey like here's a cerakoted blade that's stainless steel or adc rv2 whatever steel i'm making it out of and you can justify spending $250 on a knife that I hope you beat the shit out of. Yeah. Just the way it is. Sounds like a new sponsor of the podcast as soon as I get my knife. Uh, <laughs> coupon code Zulu24 podcast. Yeah. Uh, make it happen. Red King. Off Red King. <laughs> yeah, we can make it happen. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Always free shipping. That's what he said. Always free. First order is free. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh, I see you're also using Shopify for your website. So that's pretty easy to do free shipping with. 
Shopify is so easy. It we're is. Just, we're just Shopify. Is we're just chopping into his yeah. profits slowly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying from a from a setup his like margin perspective, like using Shopify for your website, you actually like mm. can do stuff like that with ease. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you can run stuff. I mean, I have. Uh, I just I just ran a sale like effortlessly on Shopify. It was so cool. It was nice. so nice. Yeah, because we just switched the shop website to shopify and i was like immediately i'm like oh you can run discounts and free shipping and all you have to do is the right coupon code i'm like this is exactly what i want out of a website builder. yeah no shopify is great i mean the money movement side which is always daunting oh yeah so convenient. Right. i'm i'm exhausted and we'll talk about why in okay. a second i guess do you want a cup of coffee yeah please if you don't mind okay normal uh, or decaf uh give me a normal okay yeah um, i think it's called regular jordan <laughs> But <laughs> can I have a normal Trenta, please? I'm, dude, I'm telling you, you, you get off caffeine, dude, and you'll you'll see why caffeine is so bad. Are you off caffeine? Yeah. For a long time. Really? When I have a cup of regular coffee, normal. Um <laughs> I start buzzing, dude. Like I can feel my heart palpitate and whatnot. Maybe that's just specific to me, but No, no, I haven't me. I haven't had caffeine. I'm sorry. I haven't regularly drank caffeinated coffee in probably three years. So is this the first one? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Because every once in a while I forget or whatever, or sometimes Duncan messes up the order and I'll drink it and I can tell immediately and I feel off, just off. It's like my eyes are vibrating or something. But I mean, a lot of people are just super sensitive to it. I can't, I used to drink live without it, but well, I used to drink four five, six cups of of coffee a day and i started looking at that and i was like that's a lot of caffeine so i i i only drink black coffee uh and it's only decaf and to me it tastes the same i get like a like a mental like a fake a placebo effect with it um and that works for me but i don't know what it is i mean i'll i don't i do i only drink black coffee yeah. as well um but i'll get like cold brew or i'll brew my own cold brew at home yeah. and i'll dilute it and whatever but i'll get like if i go to like starbucks right and i get like just trying to like no ice which they're gonna start changing the price on that by the way if you're a starbucks guy i don't but, give a shit about starbucks yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. that's good to know because i'm a starbucks guy they're gonna start upping the price if you get no ice because oh, nice. they realize that you're getting more coffee it's fucked up because uh, they don't have enough money yeah but yeah but they're if their advertising says 20 ounce cup you're paying for 20 ounces 100 so i get a 30 yeah <laughs> I get that at, you know, 8 a.m. or whenever I get it. And I will make that last till 7 p.m. Oh, good for you. But, I mean, today on the drive, I was struggling. I don't know where my coffee went. It's over there. But that's what I got through on the drive. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Whatever, whatever. Well, once Dave's is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Once my my coffee. I'm a coffee whore, man. So, yeah. You know what? And that's fine, man. There's like a professional level to everything, right? And coffee's a big one. Um, But once my coffee gets to like, I don't like my coffee too hot. Or too cold, so it can't. It's like there's like this perfect temperature, and once it hits that perfect temperature, I can drink the whole fucking thing like no problem. The Goldilocks. Yeah, it's like the Goldilocks zone. But the reason why I'm so tired is because I did a deep, deep dive. Oh, here we go. Into Arma Three. Have you played Arma Three? I've dabbled. Oof, there is no dabbling. I know. We were doing the as an Arma Three server. So, so myself, Jordan, Sean, and Dom, uh, we've been playing the Anastasi mod, which is basically like you are a rebel faction um, 
you're a rebel faction trying to kick NATO. Kick NATO off of your island, and at the same time, like the Russians are invading from the north, and you have to you start with one guy and you have to build up this army and capture territories and all this stuff. And like professional gamers who play this mod mod or mode or whatever, um, it takes them like five months. The the map of Altus, I just looked this up. It's 270 square kilometers. Squared. What? So it's wild. It's not 220 square kilometers. It's 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 220 squared kilometers. So it's 220 by 220. Jesus. It's effing huge. And um so Jordan and I and all of them have been we've been going way down that rabbit hole, man. But and we just had to restart the server. Yeah, we had to restart it. So it's fresh. Yeah. It's fresh. So and when's the next session? <clears throat> Tuesday. Knows, man, probably Tuesday. Probably <laughs> Tuesday? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, because we got a night game tonight, and then tomorrow I'm going to be editing this, and Monday also editing this, so yeah. probably Tuesday. Well, I will jump on. I'll dude. Be, yeah, I'll be down. Jump in the Zulu Discord, and we'll give you access to the staff channels, and or we can use a public channel. I don't care. But yeah, um, yeah, because we're, we're all kind of learning together, and the new Anastasia mod, the correct one, um, I downloaded, a, I think it's called Ace, so it's a medical system, and it's not like, oh, you've been wounded, let me sprinkle some magic fairy dust on you and you're back alive. It's like, I have to look at you and be like, oh, you're shot in the right arm, let me tourniquet the arm, pack the wound, or put a bandage on it, pack the wound, uh, now I can take the tourniquet off. Oh my God, your heart rate is low, let me check your pulse, and oh, his heart stops, I gotta do CPR on you. like. Like getting somebody back up is like you need a medical doctorate to figure it out. But the cool part is, though, is that it's very hard for you as a player to die, like outright. Yeah. Like uh, barring some certain circumstances, like you catch an RPG to the face. Or, or taking 250 cal machine gun rounds to the chest. That'll do. Yeah, that was that'll the do. Night. <laughs> but uh, is it permadeath? No. no, 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 no. I'm just, just saying. No, no, but it's frustrating. Like sweet. you guys drive. That would be so freaking hard. I know, but it's like hard. Let me play the game for more than uh, 20 minutes. And <laughs> we'll yeah, but like that prime out, example, but. the other night we spent 20 minutes driving to a target, and then you get out of the vehicle, get 500 meters from the target, and then you just get clapped, and now you spawn those 20 kilometers yeah. away. And you're like, shit, I gotta do that all again. Yeah, we planned this like. Jordan and I planned this whole attack on this. It was, like, uh, it was a radio tower. It was like a it's like a NATO outpost, and they oh, have these towers, yeah. right? It's all AI at yeah. this point. Yeah. So don't so, take that lightly. No. So I recruit like as much AI on our side as I can. I think we have like eight eight AI guys. So we like we maneuver. We figure out that there's like this low ground. If you go, you can get into Deflate if you if you go uh, by the coast, and then we we dismount the vehicles and we stay low. We're staying out of its sight, and then we get to like our our, our last firing, our last covered and concealed position. And okay, now it's time to go. So then I'm like, like he was trying to take out like a, uh, there was a dude with a 50, 50 cal, cal machine gun. That's when I found out that the optic I was using wasn't properly zeroed for my rifle because the range finder is telling me 600 meters. I've got it at where the six is on the cross. You have to zero your optics? We're not sure yet. We're we not don't sure know. because there's, so I had a different optic on there prior to this hit and it was like the hammer scope. So like kind of like the ACOG. Yeah where you have the magnified and then red dot on top. Mm -hmm. And it had 
crosshairs for 200, 400, 600. And I knew from previous nights of using it, if I range to the target and where I put the crosshair for like 500 meters, that's where the round was going to impact. I was using a 308 rifle. This new one was a 3 to 10. So I'm like, all right, same rules apply. Put it on max magnification, put it to where six is because this target's 650 mm-hmm. meters away. And I didn't even see where my round impacted. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. So meanwhile, and then I, you got smacked. Well, well I so just started I, dumping I, rounds. I already sent, like, I basically told the AI, our friendlies, I was like, go. Because they have, like, grenadiers and medics. and So they're, they're kind of self-sufficient. Like, if one guy goes down, the medics will actually come over mm-hmm. and drag him and try to heal him, whatever. So they'll buy us some time. And uh, so I'm like, okay, perfect world scenario. We, we come around on this tower so that only one of the mounted machine guns has because there was two. Ha, has eyes on us. It's like Jordan takes him out. When that happens, I send the AI, and then I start launching rockets at this thing. Um, didn't quite work out that way, but Jordan did shoot. He finally got it figured out, and he, he shot the machine uh, Yeah, so when I took the machine off the 10 magnification, put it down to three, then the crosshairs actually lined up the way they should have. Yeah. Made zero sense. Had to fire like 15 rounds to get it. Yeah. And then we start maneuvering and did not notice that they moved another AI back to that machine gun position, so I crest a hill and take 250 cal yeah. to the chest. The, like, the, I'm, I'm dead, dead. <laughs> oh, like the enemy AI um, is actually pretty good. Um, they'll actually like reinforce and everything. It's 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 a whole rabbit hole. It's so fun that I went down. I literally so we kept like taking taking towns and and outposts and stuff like that. You can put like a, like an AI squad there to guard that area, and I was putting like thirty dudes on yeah, the spot right in that one town. Yeah, and uh, so then we would go back to our home base to go requip rearm or whatever, and then five minutes later NATO would come in with like four Ospreys and and four APCs and just kill everything. We're like what the fuck? There's no way we can defend against that. So I started doing. So we stopped playing at like midnight. I ended up staying up till three a.m. trying to figure out what it is we're doing wrong. <laughs> Turns out that that version of Anastasia that I downloaded is like an older version. And it's and it's completely bugged. Mm. So there's like no way to capture zone. So I had to go back and, and re-download the new one. Which is the one that has all the in-depth medical stuff yeah. as well as some nicer features. You're going to have to share those links because... Oh, yeah. But that's it's the thing. Steam that's, I'm not even married yet and she's going to divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's no, the just, new... Just server. make an office in your house. Shut yeah. the door. I'm working. I do have my <laughs> office. So. <laughs> but that's the new server, which is why we had to restart it because we had played for probably a week on that server. Yeah. And just we, weren't kind of getting anywhere. Oh, yeah. You couldn't. You yeah. couldn't. Fuck, man. Like, we were putting resources in there, man. Like, we had taken resources. over that one outpost. It, it had to be maybe 10 clicks from our home base. In a week's time, we had taken that outpost at least 15 times. Yeah. Every time we roll up. Like, That's broken. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Every time we roll up, we're like, oh, good. There's two more APCs. Good. Then we brought a truck full of rockets. <laughs> yeah. We're rolling around with a pickup truck with 20 rockets for a Gustav. Well, it's pretty cool, too, because you have to um, you literally start with nothing. And so everything that you acquire from like a downed somebody that you killed or whatever, you have to take it back to your arsenal box. And and once you accumulate a certain number, in this case, for that server, it was 25, then you got unlimited access to it. So you could still use it. You can go pick up an M4 anytime you want if you have acquired. If you have acquired 25. I mean, you can still use them if they're if you have 14. You can still go in there and use them, but you're like, if you die, drop it. If you die, you now only have 13. 
Yeah. So like, you do lose it. You oh, yeah, yeah. Now, is it persistent as in you can go back and pick yes. it up? Yeah. Yes, you can. Yeah, we've so done that many love times. That. Prime example, like we had. <laughs> you got to go get it. You yeah. got to go get my M4. Yeah. We had an unlimited amount of those M14s I was using, but we only had two pairs of night vision. Yes. And when there's three of us rolling around and one dude gets smoked immediately and the dude that with it doesn't have nods, we're like, go find his body and pick up his night vision right now. Yeah. Like, so, that. <laughs> so that's the other cool thing about the server is that one minute in real time is one minute in the in the game. So when it gets dark, it's dark for the next eight hours. Like, so NVGs are absolutely crucial. And so they're very valuable. So it was many times where the only mission that we had was to go find our dead bodies and, and reacquire our night vision. Because so now do you, what do you start with? Like, so you, you, like, you're, you're, like rocks or do they <laughs> give you like an old AK or something? So you, uh, in this current one, you start, believe it or not, with a vector, uh, a vector, and one other submachine gun type thing. I can't remember. Um, I think it's the Evo. Maybe, yeah. And so, as time progresses, it's an interesting starting. It choice. is. It's a little weird, yeah. But uh, as time progresses, because every ten minutes, excuse me, every ten minutes, the server like updates, and so you get money and like human resources points or whatever. Uh, but also when it does that, uh, it'll sometimes give you an unlock of an, of another, and it's everything that's unlocked for free is basically like bare bones, basic, you know, bolt action, Lee Enfield, no sight type thing. Yeah. Um, but you have to like go out, you have to go get stuff. And like, I just found a 240 Bravo the other day and I was just like, dude, yeah, like, like I picked it up, threw it in a truck, and drove it immediately oh, yeah. back. Like I didn't. I mean, I'm I'm a loot guy. When it comes to games in general, like oh man, we played yeah, Destiny so. two. I was loot Borderlands two. Oh, okay, yeah. Like my fiance and I have been playing Borderlands two. We're the second playthrough because she's just like she's more into the loot than I am, and I'm like, all right, settle down. She's Bro, like, she Whoa. plays two. No, she plays she plays like Borderlands. No, I was gonna like, say get her into armor. That way, there's. That's it could be no. a, it could be a couples thing. Maybe now I it's like know. yeah we can have a record breaking try like to figure three it out. women on an op. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody knows how to talk. Like oh. uh, um, I just hear a female voice and they're like uh, 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 uh. disconnect from Discord. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like she figured out like legendary guns in in, yeah. in Borderlands of you know, and now she's obsessed with it. And she's like oh like I can't wait to get the level fifty max out because then they start dropping that high level gear. I'm oh like, yeah. All right, we gotta calm down. Like it's two, it's 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Like you got to work, gotta in the work morning. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I, any game that, that involves loot. Now, if you kill somebody in this game, do you loot their individual body or is it yep. like. And it's yeah. everything. It's yeah. like sometimes you might not. Like, I want rifle. your helmet. Yeah. And sometimes you might not want their rifle, but you want the attachments that are on their rifle. Yeah. Because attachments yeah. fall into the same thing. Yeah. Like the other are, night. Like I'm a Tarkov guy. One too. or two of those. You play Tarkov? Oh. Not well. Oh, nobody plays well. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. Yeah, I agree. That's not true. Yeah, but like we only have like one or two of this optic. So like if you die, we're going back for it. Or like the range finder, range finder we only had yeah. one. So it was yeah. like if you die, make sure somebody grabs that off your body. Yeah. But same thing applies. If we go hit a target, you can take their shirt, their pants, their helmet. That's sweet. Their glasses. Yeah. Just the uh, just the optic on their rifle or the optic, the light, the laser, the bipod, the whole nine. That's awesome. You can take every yeah. individual piece. And I, I do. Uh, I love those games where the, that those levels of complexity are obviously in there like Tarkov is very complex in the sense of like ammo types everything right 
which is just a whole different world. And that's like, if you're playing Tarkov seriously, that's the only game you're playing. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Unless you play like a super dumbed down quick game. So like all the guys from Grimnir are playing Boulder's Gate right now, which is like RPG, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons-y stuff. And it's just not my cup of tea. Like they're like, it's really fun and relaxing. And I do like spending time with them because we're friends. Yeah, Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm like, does anybody want to go on a, you know, barricaded suspect on ready or not? Yeah, right, Does anybody yeah. want to do anything like that? Like, those are my, <laughs> that's how I have fun. That's like kind of yeah. what I do in my spare time. What very little spare time I've had lately is playing. I like the tactical shooters and I like, I, ha- I have let loose. Like, oh, great game. Oh yeah. my God. So much fun, but it's so simple. Yeah. Well, it's, it's as well, simple as you make it. Right. So, so Edgar and I, simple. yeah. Edgar and I were doing uh, tanks in uh, Hell It Loose. That's a so we different were th- world. Three manning tanks. That is, you want to talk about communication between three different That's levels? complex. Oh, it's so good, though. But once you get it, oh, like, I feel like Tarkov ruined me, actually, for video games, right? Because Tarkov's like the most stressful fucking stress simulator. Once you get rid of the gear fear. Yeah, it, it's better. But um, like my hundred thousand dollar gun, and you take it in there, and you get fucking swacked by a scav, an AI scab, and you're like, "That's cool." Didn't even fire around. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't what turned me off with Tarkov. Um, and Dave's Dave's gonna say the exact opposite. A lot has turned me off recently from Tarkov. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting. It was I would join Dave's game with one of our other friends, and I'd I'd wait 20, 30 minutes while they all like pick their gear and like get their stuff ready, and I have nothing because I'm brand new to the game. So I'm also using like an M4 with no suppressor. Little no. Timmy. Yeah. Little Timmy. Yeah. And we spawn into the game and they're like, all right, Jordan, you don't have a suppressor. Don't shoot anyone. I'm like, okay, cool. And it goes one of two ways. We either run around for 30 minutes and get everything we need to get done and then leave. And I don't fire a shot. Or we get smoked immediately. And yeah. they're like, pick up my gun, use my kit. And I'm like, cool. I don't even know how to like reload right now. <laughs> <laughs> get absolutely smacked. And we're like, all right, that was, that was okay. Like it was a bad raid. We, let's reset and redo it again. And then it's 20 to 30 minutes of them all setting up their kit and me going, cool. I still have an M4. Like, that's great. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, when I play video games, I want to play. I don't want to like have to go through the process of like sitting 20 oh. to 30 minutes each time. And I'm like, that, that just got me so frustrated. I'm like, I can't do dark. Off. I am. I am so much the opposite of that. I enjoy, like, I need something. I I think mindless. So to me, Call of Duty is a mindless game. No, oh, yeah. You just click a button, go in, and shoot it up. Right. I can't stand it. I need, I need to plan, and I need to have some some level of complexity. And I know that sounds elitist, but I'm just saying, like, for me to enjoy the game, I can't play. I can't play Tetris. You need something more than Call of Duty. I need something to challenge me intellectually. Right. Like. That's why I'm kind of excited about this medical system in in Arma is that it's complex. Like you have to learn something. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, just like you're wasting your time. Yeah, but it was also you know? like I think I think Arma might be the perfect game for our group. For, yeah, it, it's for the middle of the road for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm yeah. definitely going to pick Targo back up. I'm just giving it a break right now because there's some shenanigans happening. Um, but they're supposedly doing some updates to fix the net code and all that stuff. Whatever yeah, market stuff. Yeah, like which I'll, needs to be done. But. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but I'll, so I'll come back to it. But right now, Arma, like I am like, I am laser focused on this shit and it's, it's tingling all, it's tingling my plums. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm getting into it, dude, because there's, it's an endless open world sandbox. Like I, st- I was doing, um, I was editing missions and like learning how to tell the AI how to do shit autonomously. Oh, that's cool. Like, it's really cool. 
Oh man. There's a lot going on here. Oh dude, yeah. I have like this whole QRF mission set up where you jump into um uh little birds uh with AI reinforcements, but none of that gets triggered until enemy AI gets into trucks, travels down this road, gets to a certain point, they assault an objective. So you guys are like the QRF, right? So you're not gonna take off. No way. I swear yeah. to God. Dude, you're not gonna take us. off. You're not gonna take off oh, before insane. before the, those guys attack the place. So then you come in on little birds, the little birds. This is all, all you're doing as a player is getting in the little bird. That's all you're doing. AI is doing everything, everything else. else. You're just um, along for the ride. Yeah, sometimes they're a little wonky. So you kind of gotta like, like. <laughs> Herding cats. Yeah, you got, well, you have to like, for the mission editor, you have to like back out, change the nodes a little bit so that they don't do dumb shit. Like I had little birds crashing into each other and all sorts of shit. Like it was bad. Uh, but, but now it's like, like I'm so deep down that rabbit hole uh, and I'm so looking forward to just gobble up more information about it. It's so that that's cool. right up my alley. The game like, is endless. Cause like, even so that's the map editor side but then when you're on the player side like yeah. it's on the ground it's looking at the map and finding the topography on there and going okay we shouldn't hit it from this side but let's try from this way yeah actually grabbing your ai and moving over there and being like all right let's get online and push through here all of a sudden an apc rolling up and you're like fuck fuck yeah. rockets like get behind cover and then you realize that it's armor and you can't reload rockets while you're moving so yeah. you have to stand still and reload that and the yeah. apc's coming and you're like oh shit the actual squad level movement of that it explains why when you look at these YouTubers and streamers that play it, they're playing with 40 people. There's a reason. Yeah. And it, it makes the game so, it, there's so much going on. It's worth it. Yeah, we should get a really solid group and start like a, do 10 so we already started a unit. Oh, yeah. Man. It's Zulu 24. You can check it out on the, <laughs> the launcher for Arma. Yeah. <laughs> you can send in an application because apparently that's the only way to do this shit. So you have I'll to like, yeah. Yeah. you have to send it in. It is so fun. Dom's the only one with the email, so he's the only one that can reply to That's it. That's great. Um, it's your own server. Yeah. It's not, okay, so it's not well, a de- it's not a dedicated server. It's just when I jump on, I host a game. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's not like a persistent server that anybody can just jump in and out. I don't know how to do that. I'm sure there's a way to pay money to like rent a server. As we do more of this, we could probably find a way to set that up. Oh, it can't be that much. Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll talk to Wes. It yeah, can't be that, that expensive. Hard. This guy is... He knows everything about this shit. Well, at this so. point, Arma's life cycle, I don't know if it would necessarily be expensive as just making sure that it runs smoothly and properly. I'm sure they do. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That game came out in like 2014. Yeah. Still sure. in beta, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still alpha. They they haven't made an Arma 4 because there's 40,000 mods for Arma 3. Yeah. Like, Arma 4 has already been done 10 times over. It's just, yeah, by the modding community. Well, that's but, the thing, too, because like there's, there's a lot in terms of like the base Arma game, but then you start modding it like... Do you want Devger skins? Do you want to use oh, Australian dude. weapons? Do you want to have a system where you can now control what stance your rifle is while you're walking? Like all of that stuff is mods that's available for Arma. Yeah. I'm I'm not the kind of person like I don't understand like the packs, right? So getting like the packs and oh like DLC stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I had to have somebody like literally hold my hand and force me to drink. I was like, I don't know what's going on. They're yeah. like, click on this, click on this, download this, yeah. restart your game, restart your computer clear your cash and now go in. And I was like, it's, Oh shit. Like this is fucking awesome. And it's so much better now. It's so much more streamlined. So when I, I just need a little hold hand, hold hand. Well, oh, I made it it's so, much so easy. So you install mods directly from steam. Well, well, not only that, but if I start a server and I'm running a specific set of mods, if you try to join my server, it'll automatically start downloading those mods to your computer. That is it, way easier. Yeah. yeah so you so just, yeah. you just join server okay. and it'll, It'll do it. We'll do it'll that. even it'll even download Anastasi. Like 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh man, yeah, we'll definitely have so to do that. We'll have, have to do it that way. It's super easy. Which actually, I'm just an idiot when it comes down to compute. I just don't. My brain doesn't work that way of like understanding that stuff. I'm like, my computer runs and I can play these games. Yeah. Max or Wes, Logan, yeah. everybody but me can fucking configure my shit and I will join the party. Yeah. And then I'll play and I'll have fun. Like, yeah. but the planning stuff is super, super cool to me as well. Cause like that's our big kind of issue with Ready or Not is like you're going into which i mean it's a swat based game that's great you have no control it's great but you can't pre-plan yeah like if you had a like a just like a sand table type of situation where you could plan on things that game would be awesome man and they could even incorporate that because you start and you're in the police station why don't you so you could just exactly you could just just, actually you're in the planning room you are to select the mission Mm-hmm. So there should be like a whiteboard off to the side. Yeah. They could incorporate that easy. Like, why man. don't they allow that? I don't know. And there was another game. I forgot what it was called. It was like the first game I downloaded before I found out about Ready or Not, which is the better, you know, Oh, you probably comparable. had Ground Branch or Not Zero Ground Hour. Branch. Zero, Zero Hour. hour. Yeah. Zero Hour, you could plan. Yeah. Yes, you could. Um, the AI were the dumbest AI I've yeah. ever experienced. Dude, well, Re- Ready or Not. Ground Branch, they're pretty dumb too. Ready or yeah. Not AI will clap those cheeks right quick. Oh, yeah. ready or not? Ready or not? Oh, they, their AI they will are clap you hard. Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, they Do you know how many? They're all Jerry Mitchellick in there. There's <laughs> a bunch of Mitchellicks <laughs> running around in there. The only people that are like, no, don't. And they, they just move their hands slightly to their back. And I'm bah, just bah, like, bah. pop, pop. <laughs> Max is like, well, would you shoot that lady? Yeah. yeah, she had a gun. No. She had a gun. <laughs> well, I don't see a gun to confiscate. I mean, she was reaching for drop gun something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just dropped mine. Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I just haven't had a lot of time to play, but like, there's a lot of nights where I sit there and, you know, there's no hockey on, but there's no hockey on or whatever's going on. I'm just like, all right, like I'd like to play something, but it's, it's hard to really, really get into a game. And the last time that happened was Tarkov and I was not good at it. I was getting smacked all the time by crazy stuff. So I had, the thing I like about this game is you can kind of make it your own. So I told the story, nobody knows the story. I'm not good at gun uh, shooting in that game. Nobody is. No. Some people are. Some people are. And that's what really fucks me up is that I'm out there and this guy like looks at me. I'm like, don't do it. And he's like, all right. And then headshot. Done. (laughs) I'm always amazed in that game how quickly people can acquire a target and then instantly headshot you. It's well. Well, I know that there's some. In the non-cheating world, it is impressive. Exactly. That's, I guess, is what I meant to say. But um, because I know that somebody I fought has ha- has to be legit. And, I, and I've run into it a couple of times where guys just, you know, you come around a rock face and you surprise each other or something. They're just like, Bop. one tap. You're like, what the? Yeah. Bop. The one guy I play with, he literally just close quarter shit with a bolt action. That's and awesome. Always, almost always wins. Just hit him that in the pelvic girdle. Or he, he, or he goes down and he's like, Ian, he's right there. I'm like, what do you, what am I going to do? Like, what am I? I'll oh, throw it. He's bleeding now. Here's an just, F1. Yeah, oh. Just oh, hit a tree and just blew myself up. Like, <laughs> so I wasn't good at the game. So yeah. I was like, how can I do something I'm good at? And I'm, I'm good at talking. I'm a good bullshitter. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what is it called when you find something really valuable? You find a Bitcoin yeah. in Tarkov. Where do you put it? You put it up your butt. Up your butt. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> It's your secure container, but everybody in the industry calls it up your butt. Yep. So I was doing the lighthouse run, the loot run at loot house and lighthouse. Yeah. And I was going, I was buying Bitcoin, military cables, all this good shit, 60,000 up. I would go in, 
with nothing except for a pistol. Oh, you're doing the zero to hero run. Yes. yes. So I would do that, but then I started realizing there's players on this map that have way better shit. And I don't really know how to build guns in this game to oh, be that good. That's hard too. That's a whole So I was like, hole. I'm going to be a piece of shit. So let me tell you that. Oh, are you, are you an exit camper? No. Oh, no. Cause that's a dirty, that, that is dirty. Yeah. That's a dirty oh, dirty. I've actually never exit camp, as you know, exfil camp, whatever you call it. So I would go and I would go hang out at loot house and I would bring in my, my butt. Yeah. I would bring in something like a military cable, something decent, right. In value. <laughs> and I would wait in that little pool area, if you know where that floating trash yep. bag body is in the yep. pool on the, on the basement floor. And I called, I told this to Max and I, I haven't heard that guy laugh this hard in his whole <laughs> life. And somebody could start hearing footsteps and I get down in the pool and I crouch down. I'm looking over, like you just see the top of my eyes <laughs> and I'm waiting and it's a player and he has good shit and he's kind of, kind of a thick guy or it doesn't matter. I don't discriminate, it could be any player. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey man. <laughs> oh God. He's like, what's up? Start shooting at me. Go down. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy. Fella. I'm like, hey, do you want to be on the on Tarkov's number one game show? And then he's like, you just hear VoIP and he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, come on down. Play what's on my butt. <laughs> or what's up my butt? What's in my butt? Hey, what's in my butt? And he's like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, come on down. We're gonna play a game. I'm gonna ask you some some trivia questions, and you can win anything from military cable all the way up to 10 Bitcoin. And they were always willing. I'm unarmed. Yeah. I have no plate carrier. I have nothing on. I'm like, what is this guy gonna do? So I go through and I like the first two questions are super simple and it's bullshit. I'm like, Sacramento is the capital of California. First question, what is the capital of California? <laughs> and they're like, one time, one guy, I knew he was Googling it, but I just told him the answer. I should have killed him there. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I just told you the answer. So I asked this guy this one question, just a perfect example. He's like, uh, Sacramento. I was like, congratulations. You just won the first round of what's in my butt. It's the best <laughs> TV talk show, uh, talk show voice, voice I could do. Drop a military cable at his feet. Player looks down five, seven, bop, top oh! of the head. Take all, take all the shit, put that back in my butt. X fill out. Bro, that. I did it on repeat. Oh my God. At the, I did it at the, for the first time at the end of the last wipe. And that's how I started this wipe. I, I had 35 PMC kills and two deaths Oh until shit. I just got to the point where I was like, well, I have good shit. Now I'll start running the right yeah. way. Cause I have a, you know, I have oh, all this nice. stuff. So yeah, what's in my butt has been a, a very, very popular Tarkov game show. Dude, you're, you're the reason why I trust literally no one if somebody yeah. voips i kill them because because of shit like oh, that man i hope i find you one dude day. they could be and like just like mm -mm. they could be like they could be like this is my first day playing please i just need to finish this first quest or whatever i'd be like uh-huh uh-huh whack i don't trust no one because and of people you know like what? you people could do that that's fine no that's i mean awesome, that's fine dude. i'm not losing anything when i go in there i'll have a shitty pistol yeah, like they're just pixels a couple of, yeah any, but for anybody out there listening to this podcast, it's a Targo player that hates me now for what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hate the player. So it's yeah, like right. My friend and I last night were playing DMZ, which is not a big comparison, but similar. And we were trying to do basically the exact same thing because we thought it'd be fucking hilarious. Dude, it did not end well. Be whoever you want. No. It's Tarkov, you know. People do some show hosts. They do some amazing things. In yeah, the game. it's pretty awesome. Actually, the the introduction of Void for that game was such a fucking positive. Does it make me a better person? Absolutely not. <laughs> 
I uh, feel I feel bad sometimes doing it. Isn't that weird that a video game can make you feel bad about playing the video game? 100%. Like, it's, well, I killed one guy. He was so nice. He was so nice. Oh, and I was like, mm. and I actually thought about not doing it and just being like, be free, buddy. Here's your cable. There you go. I blew his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I texted his wife first. Yeah. And then I pulled the trigger. Hey, do you have any kids? No. What? That is that is heartless, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm, I'm out here just to trying to like survive a raid, and you're over here tricking people. <laughs> Oh my! Is that not fun? No, that's awesome. Like, this is going to be micro content. <laughs> oh, you know what we're going to have to do for this episode in in the bottom on YouTube? We're going to have to put chapters in. Yeah. But uh, all right. Yeah. So I figured. Look, let's uh, let's wrap up the video game chat, guys. If you want to join us in Arma Three, uh, join. you can join the Grimnir uh, Discord and ask them. Or the Zulu Twenty Four Discord. Oh yeah, you can do that too. We do have that. Join Discord. Um, we'll uh, we'll share one. Join Discord. Uh, keep in mind, we are brand new, and we're still trying to figure out how to crouch properly. So, <laughs> we we figured out that V makes you do this weird walk, like as if you were as if you were yeah, trying to like step over a cat shit in your hallway. Because like, like Vanilla Arma, there's no jump or vault. Do you have a cat? I do have two cats, but I'm saying that the character, when you look at him, when you press V, he does he does this. Yeah, because like, like you step over there. Oh, like no... you just you just took a shit and there's no toilet sort paper, of. so you gotta go to a different bathroom. Sure. We were there fooling around the other night just like pressing random buttons because there's no jumping or vaulting feature in the base game. But I pressed V and my character just like <laughs> I I just it's like he stepped it, in like, dog oh, shit. Like he was like cowboy like doing the walk. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, What is that for? I'm like, I have no idea. And I walked over to a wall and pressed it and it just like glitched me through the wall. I'm like, Well, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, well, this is strange. One time we both tried to walk through something and we got hurt. Yeah, we both <laughs> like what each other. What, what happened? Uh, so anyway, if you want to join us for that, that's fine. We're doing Anastasi and uh, we're going to try to figure out how on earth we're going to ever go up against. I I did the U.S. Army and then Russia's invading. So be some cool stuff there. But if you, you should join expecting us. like Karma Cut or Drewski level shenanigans, no. We're oh, God, no. no. Oh, God, no. That communication level is not happening. This is all memes. It ain't there yet. I st I'm still not positive. It'll get there. It'll evolve. It'll evolve. Eventually. Tarkov, but for now. I tell you what, Tarkov's good for communication, dude. Nick and I, when we play together, yeah, pretty seamless. But uh, anyway, oh, no. let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump into what I'm sure everybody's been waiting for, the Benghazi questions. Yes. Got a bunch coming through the Discord, I think, so. Well, I have to go to the bathroom, so we're going to take a quick break. That's perfect. Okay. Fine. Anyway. All right, so we're back from the break. Uh, now it's time to get into the Benghazi questions. Uh, we put out a couple posts. Uh, I know Ian just put something out on Discord uh, for you Grimnir guys. Um, and we're going to get into answering some of these questions. So, Jordan, if you want to curate the questions, we'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. All right, I got you. So the first one that has been submitted by multiple people multiple times, uh, player-driven vehicles and personal-operated vehicles. Oof. Okay. Um, so we will be allowing players to bring their own POVs. Uh, you will be required to show proof of insurance, driver's license, valid driver's license, uh, make and model a vehicle and license plate, right? We want to make sure that you are submitting the same vehicle that you are driving. You also need to understand that any damage that happens to the vehicle, um, while on the property is your responsibility. We are not paying for this stuff. So um, you need to choose wisely. Also, the type of vehicles that we're looking for are trucks. Um, SUVs are right, right? Yeah, trucks and SUVs only. Actually. Trucks, SUVs, Jeeps, I guess, that type of thing. But what we don't want is like a broken down uh, Toyota Corolla. Yeah, no Prius. No Priuses, yeah. No, no uh, 
nothing like that. There is going to be a limit on how many player POVs we allow. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of it, right? For All right. So staff member has to be oh, that's right. present in the vehicle when that's it's right. being driven. Yeah. Um, if it's a truck with a flatbed, four points of contact, no standing in the back of the vehicle. Yeah. You have to be sitting on the bed. And another really important thing, specifically based off Panthera, is that the road that the event is on at Panthera is a public road. As in, yeah. not every vehicle that's on the road is in the game. As in, yes, it may be Panthera staff, but it could also be Farmer Joe uh, on his way to get some milk. And Yeah, so that, that actually brings up an, something I just thought of right now is maybe we should... we should have a marking system for the vehicles. Yeah, like, some type of identifi- identification. Yeah, even if it's just like a big red square or something. I was going to say would be a VF or VS-17 panel on the vehicle. Yeah, something, oh, yeah, no something to identify. Yeah. Those are expensive, though. Oh, we could make something. <laughs> something similar, because like the concept of it would work. Just yeah. drill in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just right tap it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not like adhesive <laughs> tape or anything. But uh, yeah, it will be magnet. Passed. A magnet might not be a, a good magnet. magnet. Yeah, that would work. So uh, we'll get back to you on on how we're going to mark the vehicles. It'll probably just be day It's not that important, but because um, that's on our side. But yeah, we will be allowing POVs. Uh, yeah. Okay. So next question being PID seems like it might be a challenge. How are you thinking about separating the teams? So there will be a faction war between the op four side. Um, they will be marked specifically with like armbands armbands or 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 region specific headwear or whatever right so that's not a big deal uh once those two teams kind of join up and it's just grs versus them look grs just has to wear helmets right you don't have to sleep with your helmet on or anything like that but that's that is the defining uh characteristic right so anytime grs is outside the wire doing whatever they're doing um, they must be wearing their helmets that is the specific thing uh realistically most of the time, GRS is going to be right in their GRS compound or the ambulance compound, so there's not going to be too much intermingling outside the wire anyway. Um, it's worked well in the past, and it should be fine. We're also looking for players who aren't um, intellectually challenged who can actually identify a target and take it out. Yeah, uh, I think thinking before you pull the trigger is going to be important. That fog of war yeah. is a pretty cool thing once you're actually in it, if yeah. you give a shit to actually participate in it. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's important that when you're figuring out what you're going to wear, whether you're op for or GRS, think about what you're going to wear. Wear jeans. Wear don't don't wear your cries if you're on op four. Yeah. Like it makes sense to look the part because if you're concerned about PID then also it'd be cool man like if, if all the op four guys like dressed indigenously i'll call it um they'd be super cool it would, it would add so much more to the event yeah. right but yeah players um, have the ability to add to the event just as much as everybody else yeah absolutely but right. but the but the identifying factor is is the helmet right and that's that's on grs we have to we as staff have to be on top of that make sure guys uh anybody going outside the wire is wearing a helmet so all right yeah, I mean, that kind of goes along with this event could be really cool. It's just everybody has to put in their fair share to make it dope. That's yeah. it. All you yeah. got to do is read and understand the rules. That's it. Uh, next question being, uh, how long is the op from start to finish? And are we rucking our gear in like we did that one time at the undisclosed location? Oh, yeah, I read this comment. It was West Point. It was the undisclosed. No, yeah, it was yeah. yeah, I figured. Uh, so in terms of rucking, probably not. I mean, GRS is going to have like basically Friday to like set up their base or whatever there's no need to ruck i it, 
There won't be a ton of rush. No, there's no purpose. And op four, same, same. Like, like you can load up shit in the vehicles and bring it out to your starting points and like set up your little Bedouin village there. That's fine. Op four um, will realistically have a lot of walking to do, but you're not going to be walking with a ruck on. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have your base camp yeah. type of setup, yeah. your your village, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Is that? Sure. Whatever. Okay. Um, you'll have that area set up, but um, I would still say prepare as if, if you had to ruck, you are capable of doing so. Sure. Don't be bringing mini fridges and stuff like that. And frying pans. Dumb. Yeah. Or just portable, pack portable DVD players with screens. Yeah. Not, yeah. Just, 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 happened, just pack, you know, just pack accordingly. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so no, I, I don't think you're going to be rucking anywhere, but, but pack light. Yeah. But, but speaking of the op four camping situation, is there going to be any restrictions on the op four camping? Is there stuff they can't bring? No, no, no. I mean, anything besides a, an RV, right? Like I think, Set up tents, man. Be comfortable. We want you to stay the whole time. Um, GRS is almost, no, they are never going to attack your camp. It's just not, that's not in the op, right? Um, this op is pretty scripted. Um, there's definitely some some points where we let players kind of get out and do some things, but there there's no point, right? One, GRS, their only task is really to secure the Ambos compound and secure the GRS compound. Like, that's it. Yeah. So they have no reason to really go out and attack op four at the uh, base camp. An op four base camp. And then and then on top of that, it would be kind of tactically dumb <clears throat> to send out one squad, twelve guys or whatever, to go attack a camp that could potentially have 125 people in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you could do it. You could, but you could try you, wouldn't you could try it. <clears throat> but just for everyone that's gonna have a follow up safety question, you are still gonna have to keep your eye pro on when you're in the op four Absolutely. base camp. Absolutely. You will have from the moment that Game on is called. Your iPro will stay on your face until Sunday. So make sure you're wearing comfortable iPro. Wear iPro that is A, ANSI Z887 plus rated, and B, something that you're not going to have to take off and do some dumb shit. If there's if there's ever a, a reason to take your iPro off, obviously find a member of staff and we'll create a safe condition for you. But honestly, just just wear your damn iPro. Like, ugh. God. I mean, it has to be said because people do try to take their iPro off at Milson West. Like, you have to keep it on while you're sleeping. It's people have been shot at without iPro. Yep, we've seen oh, it. Man. Make sure you keep your iPro on even uh, while you're sleeping. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so moving on to the next question. Is blank fire as well as the new Zulu mortar going to be used? So the answer to both those questions is yes. Um, with blank fire, though, we are limiting it to staff only. Um, as of right now, we're not comfortable with the idea of any Joe Schmo firing off a real rifle and just, I mean, there's safety protocols we could put in place, but for right now it's just going to be staff for blank fire. All right. Do we want to talk about some of the cool blank fire we're doing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be, um, working with a blank fire company, um, who is going to be providing us with a bountiful <laughs> yeah. amount of different, Options. Uh, options. Options. Options is a good way to put it. So I mean, we there's some belt fed stuff. There's belt, yeah, belt fed stuff. There's belt fed stuff. A lot of belt fed stuff. Um, and uh, region specific weapons too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I know the staff is putting together a nice collection of blank fire rifles to bring. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where did that question go? Oh, okay. So will there be any magazine restrictions for GRS? I understand that there will be an ammo distribution. Mid-cap only. 
Yeah, I mean that's pretty standard for any any event you go to. I mean, you're you're only gonna get 500 fucking rounds, so <laughs> unless you're a sport you know, gunner, sport gunner, whatever. But there's really, yeah, I don't care. Use your EPM ones, that's fine. But uh, yeah, because I know there are games just, like American Millicent where they restrict you can't have more than like eight mags on your person at any time. You wouldn't be able to fill eight mags. You yeah, know? I mean, was that that's five mags only putting 100 rounds in each mag. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna. You're need probably getting. Three plus your gun. Yeah, to be honest, you really there's no need to carry that much. I just don't want to hear maracas. I, no high caps, no no windy high caps. You know, what I mean, that, is that going to apply for op four too? Even yes. though they're allowed to bring their own ammo, but no high caps. Yeah, no high caps. Yeah. Mid cap only. Mid-cap Keep it cap real. Only. Come on. Keep it real. Uh, somebody did ask: Is the RPK going to be allowed as a support gun for op four? Oof, for this event. So uh, unchopped, unchopped, bipoded. RPKs as they live in the wild, I'm okay with. Yeah, that's fine in my in my yeah. Opinion. Okay, as long as it's not if you're derped, if you're, if you're you running know. and gunning with that thing comfortably, I think that is a problem. Yeah, like it's a it's a it's a support. I mean, it's kind of a support gun. I don't know, but but yeah, if if you keep it true, keep the long barrel on it, bipods. Yeah, man, lock out. Gonna let him run a drone mag. In an RPK? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fine. All right. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I mean, the magazine is really the big differentiator there. Ah, well, it's well, like barrel length and barrel bipod. Length, yeah. you know? I think the bipod is... Like, if it's not belt-fed, it's got to have a bipod. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm trying to think of all the ways that players can cheese this. Uh, somebody did also ask, is the M27 going to be allowed as a support weapon no. in this game? No. No. Okay. No. Uh, will there be any changes to the medic rules or will there be faction specific medic rules? So there are faction specific medic rules, uh, but it's basically op four and GRS. GRS has a pretty cool, uh, medic system. So, oh, we talked about it. It's tourniquets. Splints. Yeah. But the tourniquets can be applied by buddies. Tourniquet can be buddy aided. Yeah, that's right. Hold on. So it's, it's a tourniquet system, right? So the, the tourniquets can be applied by a buddy. That's on your first hit. On your second hit, um, a medic has to apply a uh, yep. an aluminum splint, and and those aluminum splint splints are are uh, there's only a certain number of them, and the way that they get replenished is that when you go respawn, uh, you deposit your aluminum splint into a bucket or whatever, and then that gets taken to like a medical supply, and then your your squad medic can go resupply from uh, that. That platoon supply, if you will. Now, GRS is also going to have a Casavac vehicle, correct? That is correct. So that's pretty much how you get back into the game. So when you're dead, dead, okay, you've been medic twice. Um, you can no longer be revived. Any any squad leader can call for a Casavac. Basically, what that means is you load your casualties into a vehicle. Um, they drive a specific route. About halfway through that route, you're quote unquote back alive. Um, you can take off all your, your medical shit, uh, and then you're driving back into the compound and dismounting in, in your life. It's kind of a time sink. Okay. Uh, is, I'm assuming that's going to be completely different for op four. Yeah. Op four is really, really simple. You get TQ'd. Yep. And then, uh, once you're TQ'd, you get shot again Yep. and you're dead and you return to the most nearest CCP or faction respawn point. That'll be set up. Now that's, that's it. Yeah, we're trying to keep Op Four in in the fight. 
are they going to have a movable CCP that they can? Yes. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that way they're not walking or, you know, Panther is pretty big and, yeah. and there's multiple locations where op four has got some fighting to be done. Um, and so we don't want, we, we want op four to stick around, right? We want them to stick in the fight because you know, the big fight doesn't happen until Saturday evening. So we want them to stay there the whole time. And so we're trying to make it a little bit more accessible. Yeah, we're not trying to dog everybody. No, I mean, this is not like some crazy endurance fucking test. This is just a good time. We're just trying to be out there, have a good time. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people have brought it up, speaking of the fact that Saturday night is usually like when the big attack happens. Everybody's seen the movie at this point. Yeah. Is GRS going to have stuff to do leading up to Saturday night? Absolutely. So GRS has a bunch of tasks that are intel gathering, um, resupplying the AMBOS compound, protecting the AMBOS compound. They're going to be rotating in and out squads. Um, they're setting up their own defenses inside the GRS compound. Um, I, I had the paper in front of me. I can't remember. But th there's a lot of, there are tasks for GRS to do that put them in a situation like that could be because op four is pretty neutral to GRS at this point in the event, right? Yeah. Cause they're busy fighting their own faction war, but we're, we're taking GRS and putting them in vehicles and saying, Hey, you got to go resupply this place. And so they're driving like what could potentially be right through the middle of, of this faction. faction war. Now their GRS's ROEs for the beginning of the game are, are don't shoot unless fired upon. And so it puts them in a position where like some hairy situations could develop or could not, or maybe there's, there's a, always the potential. Yeah. Like may, maybe there's a, maybe there's an op four checkpoint that they have to go through. So they have to interact with op four and it's like dicey. You know what I mean? Like uh, if you've watched the movie, but this is also where the freedom of movement to the players on both sides can be shown. Sure. I mean, okay. GRS is a lot more scripted. Like, Hey, you need to, you need to go here and come back. But what happens during that transport can be vastly different depending on the situation. Could it be is very, very much a dynamic environment. Yeah, absolutely. It. We just need to tell the op four like there's no tactical advantage to just shooting and killing all GRS. That's just not the point in the beginning. You'll get your chance for sure. You'll get your chance. Like you'll get hours of that chance. But in the beginning, look, man, you're you're like you're neutral towards them. You're not happy they're there. Think about the scene um, in the movie where. He just picked them up from the airport. They came through and they ran into an ISIS checkpoint. Yeah. And they had that whole interaction in the car yep. with the guns. And they're like, you see the drone, it sees you, that type of thing. Like, that's what we're trying to create is that that tension. And that tension slowly builds and slowly builds until this, like, crescendo. Um, that, that pinnacle point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good explanation for that. The follow-up question that someone had, will there be a limitation on the amount of support weapons and grenade launchers each squad or side has? So, yes, definitely on GRS, yeah. definitely, on GRS. definitely on GRS. Um, I mean, every squad should have one yeah. maximum squad or support weapon. Yeah. Because there's no reason to have more, yeah. especially on GRS with limited ammunition. You yeah. really can't just shell out your entire amount of ammo that's been allotted to you to two guys. Um, because that's not going to be fun for no, anybody else. Um, and also to kind of create, I think it definitely adds that realism when shit does hit the fan on Saturday night, especially that you're you're going to not want that many. Yeah, so, I mean, the GRS will probably want everybody to have us all. Well, of course, but um, the limited ammo is a, is a large mechanic in the game, right? 
Um, it creates scarcity and it, and it also creates anticipation and, and nervousness about the next attack. Like, Oh shit, I'm only down to two, two rounds, you know, like, or two, uh, two magazines. I need to be more careful with my shots or I need to, or I, as a squad leader need to position my guys better to be more efficient. Um, in terms of grenade launchers though, a tag launchables are very scarce now so yeah, I'm not too worried to about it. Hard to find. Yeah. Bring them. <laughs> I don't yeah, if you bring yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Dude. If you want to I don't care if everybody in the squad's got a launcher. Good luck finding the rounds for it. Yeah. Actually, if you do find the rounds for it, let me know so I can buy some myself. <laughs> um okay, so next question would be what were the initial thoughts into having Benghazi down in West Virginia? I mean, it's the perfect AO for it. Um I guess on the East Coast, that is accessible to Airsoft in general. Yeah. I think like, that's a big thing, too, is that Panthera has played ball with us and yeah. been really accommodating for Grimnir specifically. Um, that I really think that is the best option in regards to space, distance in between major points of interest, I think is a huge thing, as well as the structures that it has to offer um the panther ao is massive it is it is way way bigger than people think it is yeah, yeah. it is huge and it is not easy to traverse it, gives it is not flat there's zero flat yeah i mean the mount town is flat ish there's still ankle well yeah, ankle but, breakers yeah. for sure yeah yeah there's still ankle breakers. that's why i said ish ish no i mean it, it, that's really the only flat true flat area um to the entire thing but panthera i think i think we wanted to make this big yeah. Wanted this to be a big event. As both. an event, it gives you guys more lateral movement for what you can and can't do. Yeah, sure. It provides both sides to be able to strategically move. Um, a lot of open area. And just based off of the sheer numbers of participants alone, this is, I think, uh, I think the perfect size to do something like this. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be just enough, right? Like, like not too many, not too little. Um, on the zoo side of the house, the reason why we started looking outward to do Benghazi um, the last time, the last time we did Benghazi at Zulu, um, so basically what happened is it, Benghazi grew, grew at an exponential rate. Um, I think I was telling you the last time I the last time I did Benghazi at Zulu, the GRS tickets sold out in something stupid like three or four minutes. Yep. Like it was it was ridiculous, right? Um, it, was, it was a highly anticipated event throughout the year. Uh, and it got big and it just got too big for Zulu in the, in the aspect of the town <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> thinking that world yeah. war three was, yeah. was happening. And so the cops got called, the cops came out, it was like a whole big ordeal. And then after that, I was like, I never want to run another Benghazi at Zulu that is shittier than the one prior. Right. And so what makes that game amazing? What makes any game amazing is is pyro. Pyro's awesome, dude. It, it's it it increases the the experience by tenfold. And and since we can't use pyro at three a.m. because or a blank fire belt fed or a bank blank fire belt fed, then I didn't feel right selling tickets the next year and being like, hey, we can't use pyro between <laughs> eleven and and seven a.m. And it just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be a good product. Yeah. Um, so that's when. You know, when I met the Grimnir guys and we kind of teamed up on this, um, I knew this was the right decision to take it off site, take it down to West Virginia where the gun laurels are freedom and we can use all the pyro we want. And like, we can really go. It's a playground. We can literally go there's balls so out on potential. this. There's so, yeah. so much that we can do. And like, 
just from an airsoft perspective, right? Like people, people dream yeah. of playing in a game like this um, because we really have a true unrestricted blank canvas yeah. to make this visually and audibly and physically incredible. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're aiming for. So, I mean, if you've ever been to a, a Benghazi Azula before, you kind of know, man, that game gets, that game gets wild. Very hectic, very quickly. Yeah, yeah man. From like, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah, man. From 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. It, it's a meat grinder. It's pretty awesome, man. But it's a good meat grinder. But um, but that's why that's why on our end we decided like, hey, man, we can't do Benghazi at Zulu anymore. Yeah. So so let's look outward, you know. We do have some more questions about uh, like specific replicas and restrictions. Uh, someone has asked, are insurgents allowed to use tracer units? And also, are insurgents allowed to potentially use a minigun? Ugh. So... On the minigun? I'm going to say no on the minigun. Yeah. Just because yeah. the power a minigun holds is a bit much for an insurgent. Well, not only that, but <laughs> it's kind of like outside the scope of the scenario. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, I would I would say no to the minigun. Yeah. But I would also say that tracers are highly encouraged. Absolutely. Um, especially in Op 4, which brings me to just probably a question that's on there. And we've discussed this as well. You're running iron sights if you are on op four. There's no attachment you can a, a foregrip. Like so the way I've done it in the past is that the guns had to be slick. And the only completely. Yeah. The only you're an insurgent. The only uh attachments I allowed were tracer units. Um flashlights. Yeah, but flashlights had to be handheld. I'm pretty sure on this one we have a uh, weapon mounted. That's fine. I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay but with it. But overall, my, my whole point is like optics wise, you're not using an optic. No. The only people on op four that can use an optic are snipers, which are first come, first serve, and very, very limited. Yeah. Very capped. Extremely. I think there's only three for the entire op four faction. Yeah. Um, and they can just use a simple, like eight time to twelve time magnification. No batteries. No batteries. Nice. Old school. You're going hunting with your dad. Yeah. Just no battery, no digital sights. Yeah, no, like straight up. Yeah. So no thermals, no night vision. No, fuck no. no. It's, no, a, it's you, a question. No, fuck no. No. If you're up four, your, your strength is in your, your numbers. Eyeballs. Yeah. Strength in numbers. Strength is in your numbers. You're, you're always going to know where GRS is at. You know what I mean? So it's not like you're very, very, very rarely, if at all, going to run into GRS in the woods where they have nods and you don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you're always going to know that GRS is in the compound or they're at the Ambos compound. Like there's no, your strength is in your numbers. Like that's really what it is. More gun specific questions. Someone asked, they know that LMGs are going to be allowed to go full auto, but will there be an SMG rule no. for this event as well? No. So no full auto SMGs. Guys. No, not for this one. <laughs> this is everyone's yeah. favorite question. Uh, will there be a patch given to those that complete the 40 hours at the end of the event? Yes. So I'm not sure about, about at the end, right? Um, op four definitely gets a patch. Obviously GRS gets a patch. GRS's patches are pretty sweet. Actually, they're both pretty sweet. They are sweet. If um, you want, I can put them up on screen while you're talking about this. Yeah, that's fine. Um, now whether or not we're going to give them out at the end, 
I don't know. We'll think on it. Yeah, I don't we'll know. We'll think on that. I've done that in the past where, where only the people that stayed on the field at game over got a patch. Yeah. And it, it ruffled a lot of feathers. But guess what, man? It's called 13 hours, not 11 hours and 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, well, this one's four. Well, I know. But, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll throw that one back around. I mean, the GRS patches are pretty fucking cool. And they serve a tactical purpose. So maybe I'll make a third patch that's like... You made this completion still, yeah, patch. Yeah, yeah, like a completion. That everybody gets. Who stays. Who stays, yeah. 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 Like game over, ceasefire, everybody come to the GRS compound. That's when we hand those It's a bonus. Out. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Right? I was going to say that. I like that. Though. You have your faction-specific patch, but you only get like the game patch. You get the game patch yeah. if you make it through. Yeah, because like the GRS patches that we're working on, we'll talk about more of this after, but um, they're actually IR-reflective. So it'll be good for IFF, um, for GRS. So it's useful to give that out at the yeah. beginning, you know. Um, uh, give me one second. I'm just pulling up the next question. Uh, somebody had asked about ammo stashes for GRS. Will there be a point where they'll have to go out and search for ammo? Uh, I think there is. I think we did write in. I think we did write in one, like, resupply mission mission type thing but yeah. for the most part everything all the ammo is going to be distributed by command yeah. now no one's asked this but this is a pretty good question for it because you are doing issued ammo for grs is it going to be one standardized bb weight yes and also is there going to be tracers uh so the issued ammo as far as i remember is blue mag 30s tracers so that's the issued ammo for the entire event so um you'll be using tracers during the daytime but whatever is it going to be one of their mixes where it's like a one to four mix? It might or? Be, I think it might be. It potentially could be a mix, yeah. So not every BB is going to be a tracer, but yeah. it's going to be a 3.0 standardized BB weight. 3.0 weight, yeah. So set yeah. your hop-ups. Okay, so somebody had asked about red tag guns being DMRs or sniper rifles on GRS. Is there going to be an option for GRS to have a designated marksman, essentially? So, yeah, there's going to be very, very limited for the entire GRS faction. Two. Yeah. Maximum. For those, and it's going to be first come, first serve basis upon ordering your ticket. DMs don't lie. Whoever's there first and reserve those two spots, you get it. That's yeah. it. No exceptions. We're not not making any exceptions for that. Yeah. It just gets way too hairy, especially when shit gets close. And I would I would even throw in this, like, you have to have a secondary. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Absolutely have to have a secondary. The worst thing we can have is somebody with a red tag um, just have that instinctual panic yeah that well that instinctual yeah. like like flinch and now we got a bb buried in some op force fucking face and we got to call a ceasefire and you know wipe up the tears and whatnot um this fight does get close very quickly so so we'll handle it in that way it's two tickets and yeah first two to dm grimnir get it after tickets go on sale now right yep. now don't yeah, do yeah. no so after, after you buy your ticket and show proof of purchase dm the grimnir account and tell them you want to be a yes. dmr instagram specifically grimnir instagram and say i want grs dmr there yep. you go um also keep in mind those tickets drop uh, may 19th 8 p.m sharp 8 pretty soon on the sharp. grimnir website yep and i don't know if anybody asked this question um in your side but somebody asked for grs how many tickets because they purchase it is you are able to purchase a total, including your own, yeah. three tickets as GRS if you're looking to do that. So that's you will not be able to buy more than three tickets. That's per per person. Yeah. So per purchaser. So it's not like per one guy can buy ten tickets for his whole team. Yeah. 
because we, we've had that, we've allowed that in the past and they'll buy 15 tickets and then six will show up. So now GRS is even more short mm-hmm. than what they already are. And it just drives me up the wall. Yeah. Now on the topic of tickets, will there be an option to do a ticket transfer provided somebody purchases a ticket and then they find out they can't go? Yes. So our ticket app is hop up. So, so it is a very there. seamless ticket transfer if need be. Okay. Is there going to be the same limit on ticket numbers for op four? You can only buy three at a time or is that just for GRS? No, it's just GRS. Yeah. Op four we want to fill up. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know somebody did ask about GRS tickets, but no one brought up for op four. Yeah. There's a max amount you can buy. Um, and now I've saved this one specifically for the end cause it's Dave's favorite. Will there be a tax op? <laughs> well, you're writing it, right? <laughs> so yes, there will be a rule set. Um, It'll be posted here pretty soon. It's not, it's not going to be anything crazy. It's just going to go over all of like the vehicle rules, uh, what you should do when you're hit. I mean, this is all pretty standard like airsoft shit. You know, it's going to go over the medic system, chrono limits, all that stuff. I mean, packing list, packing list. I mean, this is not. This is, it's not like anything. We're not doing anything crazy well outside the realm of what's already been done in terms of airsoft, right? We are going outside the realm in, in terms of like the experience, but. You know, it's basically gonna be a, just this. It's the same rule set, man. But yes, but yes, there will be a rule set. It's coming out. It's coming out shortly. Um, and as you can see, as you can see, you know, we're still kind of fine. We're fine tuning it for sure. Yeah. Will um, that packing list and subsequent rule set be out prior to May nineteenth? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you'll be able to read it and go over it and make yeah. sure that you're cool with everything. Our goal is to have it accessible to the public. Um, at the very least 24 hours before you decide to buy a ticket. Cause I know some people are yeah. a little picky on because of the rule set, but yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if you read the Grimnir rules for a good portion of it, you know, minus like the medic functionality and mechanics and stuff like that, if you just read the rule set of what you're expected to kind of do as a player, how you're supposed to behave, things like that, yeah. that's standard. I mean, if you really, you can read both our rule sets and kind of get it, but, um, it's not going to be out out of the the realm of what a it's typical mill sim game is going to be like. Yeah, yeah it's going to be yeah. very similar to what people are expecting. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'm just I'm just going to say this one for the people in the back: act out your death. Oh my god! Please act out your death. That is, man. Ugh, we were talking about this earlier. Yep, it's in the rules, man. <clears throat> and then the only people that complain about it are the guys who just stand there with their freaking hands up, no dead light on, no dead right, and and then they get shot again. And then they're the ones flipping out. Hey, if you'd have laid down on the ground and been obviously dead, then I wouldn't have shot you. Or if you didn't have a stack of six guys behind you, you know, uh, act out your death. Make sure at night, especially op four, make sure you have a blinking dead light because under NVGs, a red light just looks like a light and you can't tell. So it's got to be blinking. That way, when you're laying on the ground, at least the GRS guys will be able to see that you are definitively dead during the daytime. Just act out your death. Um, same, same with, uh, with GRS. Are we going to be okay with them acting out their beautiful airsoft death and then pulling out a dead rag and putting it on top of themselves while they're laying on the ground? I'm fine. Anything after you acting out your death that is more definitive is only going to benefit you as the player. Okay. So that's fine. I'm not worried about immersions. Right. Like, like we're shooting BB guns at each other. Like I don't care, but yeah, if you want to do a secondary or tertiary, fucking, Hey, I'm hit, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, so right on. Act out your death. Do it in a very beautiful fashion. Fall yeah. on the ground, fuck yeah. around, and then pull out your dead rag and put it on your body so everybody knows you are dead. It's, am- it's dead. amazing how how people are shocked when they see people act out their death because for oh, some amazing. reason they're so not used to it. Like the like I was saying earlier, we went to a, an event at skirmish a couple of months back, and it was one of the last fights of the day, and we were pushing we were pushing a Connex and. It wasn't in the rules. I guess I'm maybe just kind of like primed to be this way. <laughs> no, we all do it. I'm a tryhard. I don't know. But myself and one other guy got shot cross in this area and we went down and there were a whole bunch of dead players, surprise, standing on the boundary tape line of this Connex area. And they started cheering. I'm that so- was the coolest shit I've ever. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah. this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Go down. Cry for your medic. Cry for your mom. Yeah. Whatever. It Walk adds. It adds to the audio. It adds yeah, to the ambiance. Like, sell it, man. Have have fun. Like, obviously, you get shot, and you're standing on a you know pretty steep cliff or something. Like, like don't find, be dumb. find a yeah, steep area. Yeah. Lay down. Don't yeah. be dumb. If you're like, oh, there's a rattlesnake. Like, yeah. take a few steps away and, and die quietly over there. If there's a puddle, take a few steps away and yeah. then die. Like, yeah. it's not that hard. And if you can't, if you can't, you know fall down and you're too tired to pick yourself back up hit the weight room something i some of the most fun some of the most fun in airsoft i've had is during world war ii events because everybody who (laughs) plays world war ii is like deep down that rabbit hole and uh they all all of them do it it doesn't matter what the rules have said or whatever they They all they do it they all fake their deaths and like they intentionally like pop their helmet. Like if they get shot in the head, they intentionally like pop their helmets and stuff. It's so much fun. That is so cool. The most fun I've ever had at Zulu is when we have 40 players for a World War II event and we're just out there having fun. And, and it's almost like a competition, like like whose death can be the coolest. That's great. Oh man, it's so much fun. The best moment I've ever experienced in regards to a large group of people dying. Sounds so messed up. Yeah, right. But we are at Panthera for Galahad yeah. and on the other side of the the hill there was a couple of guys on IGC see if I went push that hill and there was a good firefight and I was at the top of the hill oh, and the firefight had ceased <laughs> and you just hear just screaming yeah and people crying and I was like it was haunting yeah like it sounded awful but there was a moment where I was like this is this is airsoft like now now imagine that out. imagine that at Benghazi where it's pitch black, it's dark out, and all you hear is moaning like and moaning and groaning out in the reeds. That'd be crazy. Yeah, if you want to do your part, act out your death. Yeah, man, make it fun, dude. If you don't want to act it out, then we're gonna it, have some at the very words. Look, at the very <laughs> least, lay down. Yeah, you don't have to make noise if the, you really don't want to. At the very least, lay down because more I know, fun if you do though. I know some people are really afraid of being cringe lords or whatever. It, it's okay to act out your death. We're LARPing guys. Yeah, because they. Well, yeah, but some guys are training. Well, they're too cool to like be train airsofters. Yeah, but they're airs, but they're playing. Airsoft. But they went to airsoft. Yeah, because you know why? It's because the Navy SEALs are like just about to call them for a mission. Well, yeah. We noticed you guys were so good at airsoft. We got the special mission. We want yeah. you to go on. SEAL Team Nine. Yeah, that's what that's every every airsoft. SEAL Team Sixty Nine. Wet. Um, <laughs> nice. Funny numbers. Uh, so that's actually all the questions we have. Uh, there are a lot more in terms of uh, the amount of comments we got, but those questions pretty much answered everything. Oh, do we have anything on Discord? That was he was reading off. Of oh, reading shit. Off Discord yeah, to it, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of them were like duplicates, like the same per- Like somebody would ask a question and somebody would ask a very similar question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we kind of covered them all with a very finite number of topics. Cool. But with with this releasing 
to coincide with the release of this podcast on Grimnir's Discord, yeah. we're going to add a Benghazi question channel specifically where it's a nice open discussion where you're nice to each other. <laughs> yeah, because I saw that in the Grimnir Discord as I was going through the questions. Like some people were at, asking questions and immediately getting a response from your fans. So like we didn't even have to go over them. They were kind of covered. Which is good, which we always appreciate yeah, yeah. some people doing a, yeah. doing us a, a solid on that heavy lift <laughs> because yeah. there are a lot of questions and we're totally cool with questions. And we know yeah. the rule set's not out yet specifically for Benghazi, but I think any producer can ask the same thing. Any any field owner can ask the same thing in a rule set. Just just read the rules and we are more than happy to clarify. We yeah. have a really, really positive, awesome community between Zoo and Grimnir that is willing to help make you feel comfortable. And, and sometimes there are rules out there that are up for interpretation, right? Um, and we've tried to mitigate it and create rules that don't really kind of give that much interpretation, but just by its nature, some will. Um, but read the rules first. If you still aren't clear on things, feel free to ask. Yeah. Um, you'll get a respectful answer. And... Uh, <laughs> We should be good to go. There. Actually, I just thought of one that hasn't come up yet, but it has come up for Crossroads already. Um, are either side going to be allowed to use ghillie tops or viper hoods? Yeah. Um, so for GRS, right, like there really is no uniform requirement except for the helmet. So GRS is fine. But Op4 is, Op4 is basically this, right? You're at home in your town. You're about to start cooking dinner and then you get a phone call that's like, hey, let's go attack this GRS compound right now. You're not going to be like, hold on, let me go get my Viper hood and ghillie. And no, you're going to grab your AK, walk out the door and go. Like that's that's what we're going for, okay? A, a ghillie, I, I don't know, ghillie suit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna no. yeah, I'm, no, I'm okay, gonna hard so no. know it for yeah, op no. four. I'm gonna yeah. hard know it for op four for GRS. There's no need to have a ghillie suit, but Wear if you, helmet. but if you want to, like whatever, man. Um, because I guarantee it's don't. gonna come up before the tickets go on sale. Somebody's gonna ask. They always do. Yeah. Just look operator. I don't think Viper Hood looks too operator. Ouch. Whatever. Sorry. Wear a helmet. I, I, ha I, I have I like, my own. I like mine. Viper hoods are dumb. Um. <laughs> uh. Russell and Jimmy's tonight. I just for this event, dude. There's no reason for it. Okay. And um, I just want this one to go go well. And <laughs> the more you sit yeah. here, the more you sit here and like dissect like every cringy thing you've ever seen in airsoft. You're just like, oh my god. I just want some mature people to come out, have a good time, and play the game. Be respectful. Yeah, follow the rules. Follow the game. And then at the end of it, we'll all sit down, do a little AAR, and we can kind of dissect what what we can do better next year. Maybe that can come yeah. up, right? We'll have the sustain and improve section. Sure, right. Yeah. Uh, but we just want to make sure that the you know the the groundwork is laid for this one, and uh, we can we I mean we can. There's a I mean we need to see if this format works. Yeah. We already know it works in one specific location. Does it work at this location? Should we look for another location? You know, maybe there's something a little bit better about somewhere else. So this is all. How's the game going to hold up after 40 hours versus 13? Sure. Now things yeah. are starting to get a lot different. Did we put too much? Like, did we do too much to do too much tasks or not enough? I think we have a lot actually, but yeah, um, you won't be bored. You will. There will all be something to do. And if you choose not to do it, it'll be your choice and not, yeah. and not that there's, if you're bored, it's your fault. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, some, I, and I know guys that go to 40 hour games and sleep for fucking 
20 of those 40 hours and that's hey they paid the money and that's their experience they want to have that's fine but um that's on you but yeah so as always guys uh if you have any more questions you can reach out to either grimnir or zulu we'll be happy to answer any more questions that you have um i'd like to thank ian for coming on today it's been fun um and that's gonna about wrap it up do you have anything else to say buy some tickets Buy some Get tickets. Ready. You heard those, it. Those GRS tickets, I, honestly, from what I'm seeing, those Op4 tickets, I don't think anything's going to last very long. No, I think you're right. Um, now, there's a lot of, lot of buzz. Big if. If tickets sell out super fast and you go through all 250 Op4 and all 50 GRS, is there a potential for more tickets to be opened down the road? So we had had that discussion. There's potential for it. Um, but we don't want to overextend. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes player count, can deteriorate the game. And so we'd have to sit down and and really analyze the numbers and, and what's going on. And Refer back to the hey. previous conversation about quality over quantity. Yeah, exactly. Quality over quantity. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a responsibility as a player to, to make this a, a solid event and to add yeah. to their own experiences. The people that go and, you know, go, go to this game and they're, you know, in their squad or even on the other faction. I mean, it's, it's a very, very quality over quantity thing, even though there is a lot of people on Op4, yeah. but the substance and sustenance that we're providing to yeah. those players, I think it's going to really add to the quality. So do your part, add to the event, yeah, get ready to buy those tickets because they're going to move quickly and there's only so much we can, we can't really do anything. I mean, you miss the tickets. You kind of miss the tickets. So. Yeah, you miss the bus, man. You're staying home. That's yeah. that's just the way it is. I mean, we have so much other things in terms of planning to worry about as opposed to being like, oh, but but I'm your friend. No, man. Like, you got you to gotta, uh, gotta be on it. You got to be on yeah, it. Yeah, you got to be, be ready to go. That kind of falls back to the, the previous with the quantity over quantity that you can't just show up to a game and expect it to be good. You have to help make it good. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I mean, sure. that's the whole mindset of a player, right? Yeah. Is it? You're coming in, you're abiding by the rules, you're staying within the, the confines of the event structure itself because we we have designed it to be a specific experience, right? The end result is that you can say, wow, that was that was awesome or, oh, this sucked because all I did was sit in my tent all day and yeah, play with my Switch. You didn't actively participate yeah. in the game when there was plenty of stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, they made us lay down in the cold, wet, Dirt. Oh, it's gonna be August. <laughs> in the dry. It's West Virginia. It might be cold. Yeah, right. Yeah, you who knows? Know, who knows? You never know. Um, but yeah, so uh I think we can wrap it up now. And uh what's your your knife? Yeah, the knife company is Red King Blades. Red King Red Blade. Blades.com. Um have a whole bunch of drops coming, different models. Uh but for Grimnir, we have an event coming up in June at Skirmish. And there's not that many tickets left. Nice. Once again, quality over quantity. We always cap our events. Um, we'd rather have 200 really dedicated people there opposed to 450 players that are just there to shoot. Um, so if you want to be a part of a really, really cool event at a great AO, yeah. then come out to Arcolite, which is June 9, 10, 11. Yep. Um, it is not a 40 hour. It's an operation, which is a blend between a two day with a break as well as a 40. It's a great introduction to 40. So if you're looking to go to Benghazi as your first 40 hour, maybe come to Arclight. Um, it allows you to pack and prepare. Yeah. Players can sleep on the field or at a rear fob 
Um, but once you're on the field, you're on the field. So it's a nice little hybrid. Like you're not car camping at, at Arclight. You're no hotels with showers. No, I know you need your shower. God bless America. Yeah. Fair weather air softers. Absolutely. Get a Coleman stand up solar shower. Oh, great. No, no shower curtain though. I gotta be open to the, to nature. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. I think we ended on that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And as always, we thank everybody who listens and watches this. I know it's only like 200 people, but we love you. Depends on the platform. Absolutely. Go ahead. Make sure you like, subscribe, share us all over the place. Try to make this thing grow. Also give Grimnir a like and subscribe or whatever the heck. Also uh, Red King Blades. Go ahead and pick up your blade over there. And with that, guys, good night. God bless. We're out.